Okay, so episode 17. Yep. We talked to Serena Miller, one of my oldest and dearest friends. Uh, great lady. She's just a fantastic individual. And also the freshly anointed first lady of Fire in a Hole. First lady. Self-appointed. Yeah. It was a breath of fresh air, a really great way to start off the year, I feel. Yeah, she's fun. I love talking to her all the time. She's great. So uh, what did we talk about? We talked about uh, the creative process a little bit. Yeah. And the mystique of the suffering artist. Yes. Um, You guys went to the same film school, so we talked a bit about that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we talked a bit about her uh, public speaking, and uh, she does this um, really cool uh, women's entrepreneurial exchange where she gets biz- like women's uh, business owners together doing like networking, sharing ideas, and kind of some some training, guest speakers, all that kind of stuff. We're clearly talking about a a, a uh, definitely multi talented individual. You know, a creative, uh, a really creative person, but also someone with uh, entrepreneurial skills. So we talked about a little bit where that all started and, you know, where, where she gets her energy from, where she gets her ideas from. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's rare to have that, you know, where that, that, that uh, artistic mind frame and, and also being so motivated from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Yeah. I mean, she, And she's a riot. <laughs> yeah, she's great. And she woke up at, uh, what a trooper too, she woke up at four o'clock this morning and she still made it out here to talk to us until the wee hours so. yeah we only scratched the surface on this one but uh this is i believe the beginning of of uh, this is the part one i feel like it's a <laughs> yeah, part one definitely uh serena definitely is coming back to be continued mm-hmm. the first lady of fire in the hall will return take a knee for the first lady of fire in the hall from her you bitch episode 17? Seventeen. I don't know. I think so. Seventeen. I'm pretty sure. I'm ninety-five right. percent sure. Episode seventeen. Of Episode Fire seventeen. In a hole. Fire in a hole. Uh, with Richard and Jason. Should we try that? Should we just switch it around? Like Richard and Jason. Yeah. I'll go Richard, and you go Jason. <laughs> sure. I'm, are you let's sick of your, sick of your voice yet? <laughs> Does it bother you? I have a magnificent voice. You so do. I have, <laughs> I have no issue whatsoever. <laughs> No, I, I I have a hard time listening to it. A little yeah, bit. yeah. I think that's that's a healthy thing. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I think the second you're like, man, I'm amazing. I sound fantastic. Yeah. The minute you get there, there's a problem. The sweet, sweet sounds of my voice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> self-deprecation is an important tool. Um, we fight it all the time. You know, these self-help books always tell us we have to fight them off. But mm-hmm. a little bit of self-deprecation, I think, is healthy. Yeah. Not taking yourself too seriously. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Who was that? What was that? What the hell was that? Was that was that a female voice? We have a female voice on the show, guys. Stop the press. We'd like to welcome Serena. Hi. Hi, Serena. Hi. Welcome, Serena. Thank you. You are our first official guest of 2016. Is that possible? Woohoo! Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, we had a couple episodes that aired. It's it's weird. It's a weird time warp. Yes. So they aired in 2016, but they were recorded in 2015. This is the first one recorded in 2016. Yes. So, nice. so there's a one precedent that you've set. Um, no one can take this from you. You have the first recorded 2016. People will ask you what you where you were on the day, and you'll be like, "Well, I was there." Yeah. Um, so that's one. Monumental. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. And as we discussed uh, very briefly in a, a few minutes ago, you are also uh, our first um, female guest. Um, so you you are now officially branded the first lady of Fire and a Hole. Forevermore. The first lady. Which sounds amazing. Forever yeah. and ever. <laughs> sounds yeah. like you should. I don't know. You should. Uh, I don't know, like a wrestling, it's like a wrestling thing. <laughs> like you have a wrestling stable. Yeah. Or, the first lady of fire in the hall. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have t-shirts made, yeah. mugs, the whole bit. Amazing. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the question is, are you prepared for all the pressure that comes with that role? Mm. Right? Speaking engagements. Yeah. yeah. There's a crown. There, there is a crown. <laughs> you got to get a crown. Yeah. Uh, there's a scepter. Note. <laughs> there's a scepter. And um, what else? Is there an apple, a golden apple? I don't know. There must be. We'll look into it. But you're, you're uh, extremely welcome, Serena. Thank you so much for having uh, we're me. We're very, very Thank happy you. to have you here. And uh, also, uh, to switch it up a little bit, you're actually, well, while we've known each other for, for a few years, you're ac- Richard's actually, you and Richard go way back. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm not clear on how, how far back? To our teens? We were saying we were 17, 17 when we met. Years old. Yeah. This is episode 17. <gasps> <laughs> Mind blown, guys. Mind blown. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think not. This yeah, is I destiny. This is destiny. Come on, right? This That's is our number. Crazy. Yeah. 17. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how did you two meet? I want That's to going to be the number on your on your jersey. Mm-hmm. On my special jersey. Yes, the first exactly. lady jersey. Your first lady jersey, number 17. Awesome. Oh, cuz nice. it has to be a sports. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Makes sense. Okay. So, I don't actually know the story. You met in school? Uh, yeah, we went in school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, common friends. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we became fast friends. Yeah. yeah. We used to tie our shoelaces together. That's true. We tied <laughs> and our shoelaces together. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like you were both tying your shoes or each other's shoes? No, like we tied our, tied our shoes together. together. Yeah. Oh. Wait, yeah. this is still uh, grammatically confusing because <laughs> this could also mean that your laces were tied together. Yeah, that is you know, like the, the three-legged race kind of thing. Okay, okay, we did sort of that. I can't tell if you're making fun of me. No, it's true. No, <laughs> swear to God. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I did yeah. understand that correctly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And you did this. We legit did that for fun. For fun, yeah. we used to just run down the hall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in college. Yeah, that's when you do that type yeah, of stuff. Children. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. A long ass time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> I won't say how many years, just because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, you, you have a lovely husband who we, who we know Thank very well. Thank you so much. His name is Eric. Yes. We're very fond of. Is Does he go back to those those uh, heydays as well? He does. He feels like he's old, old crew. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So high school John sweethearts. Abbott. John Abbott. College sweethearts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you went to high school together. We didn't go to high school. Oh no, together. no, no, that's right. Just no, but we had yeah. we were part of the same group of friends, so yeah. they all went to the same yeah. high school. John yeah. Rennie. Yeah, John Rennie. John Rennie. John Rennie. Yeah. yeah, but I think I he went to was Lindsay. a little bit older. Eric was a year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Older men. Yeah. Yeah. Full year. I have a really weird relationship with uh, the John Abbott College because I went there for a week and a half. Did you really? Yes. I didn't know that. And whenever I tell people this, they're like, they think I'm I'm trying to, you know, create some sort of common, like, connect with them. And I totally didn't go there, but I did. 
I, I attempted to go there because uh, when I was shopping for colleges or whatever, I guess CJEP uh, here in Quebec, um, when I went to see that one, it blew my mind because it looked like every 80s campus of every 80s movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, complete with like the, the, the grain silo and the little farmstead <laughs> off to the, right. the waterfront. And then the lush green. The lush green. The big trees. Yeah. Yeah, and amazing. very, very, very school, very campus. Yeah. Uh, and I also lived far enough that there was an option to maybe be, um, what do you call, uh, like when you rent a, you're in the, pen, not pension, but. Um, dorm? A dor- dorm, exactly. Yeah. You could stay in one of the dorms. Oh, so yeah. So that almost happened. Yeah, yeah. And it had, had that old wooden, old school collegial feel yeah. to it with yeah. a team and everything, right? But it didn't last because it was just crazy. It was the, the, the commute for me. It was insane. Oh, you're right. Hmm. Right. So I ended up transferring over to Dawson, and uh, it ruined my life. So it worked out great. Perfect. But, but the I, commute was better. Yeah. yeah so, nice. But I, I remember nothing of John Abbott except the layout of the place, because yeah. I, I walked through it a few times. So it's very now, picturesque. Very, isn't it? It yeah. was a wonderful time, too. It yeah. really was. Yeah, it's nice like a postcard. Nice, it was like a postcard. And, yeah. Um, you know, we had a lot of fun, took a lot of great classes. I was in uh, creative arts. Okay. And it was like a real renaissance education. You know, it's like, what do you want to take? Some philosophy, some film, some painting, done. Some literature, done. That's yeah. uh, Astronomy, that, my done. experience at Dawson was like, what do you want to do? I want a full. What? It's full. Oh, okay. Can I take it? It's full. All right. Oh, well, yeah. What about it's full? And then you ended up wherever. That was um, horrible okay. at the registration process. Yeah. The only I was over the phone at the time. Now it's all online. Right. You have to keep calling to try to like get in, and it was busy, 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 busy. Remember that? Yes, I did. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're a procrastinator like me, yeah. waiting to the I last second myself, to yeah. register. It's like voting <laughs> yeah. for American Idol type thing. Yeah, we're dating right. ourselves a little bit, but fuck, it was bad. Well, I remember the classes. Uh, that was a great thing about John Abbott. They didn't. I didn't have to worry about which classes to take. They sort of generated them for me, and. It was a the printer that 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 spit it out was like a dot matrix printer. I was thinking oh, the yeah. same thing. You read my mind. Yeah, with little perforations on yeah. the other side. And it goes like yeah. ee, 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 <laughs> as a, like it spits out the paper. And I was like, whoa! Yeah. And this was some time ago, but even then, the dot matrix was kind of really. This is still happening. This mm-hmm. is that's what I used to turn in my papers. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for those of us that had the means for a dot matrix printer. <laughs> It's an amazing how much money we had to pay for this crap technology. Yeah, that was true. that was sort of it was so sort of just uh, uh, you know ob- rendered obsolete within like a few years. Exactly. But we paid out like we shelled out our our lives for these things. It was like magic at the time. So so you were best buds. Yeah, we were pretty close. No. Yeah, still are. I happen to have like I accidentally some of my closest friends and oldest friends all went to Jen Abbott, all of them. I don't know why I accidentally sort of bumped into the network of expat West Island expats who yeah. sort of got out of the West Island. For those that don't know, West Island is kind of, I guess, suburban. Yeah, it's very suburban. And ultimate suburban. It's the definition of suburban. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of refugees from the West Island, sort of, who've moved into the city and are desperately like trying to get away from that quiet suburban life. A bunch of our previous. Uh, podcast guests I yeah think, too right eric jean yeah julian smith also original uh, deep deep west islander 
you couldn't tell by all of his tattoos and uh, piercings now, but uh, I, I feel like some of those at the very least were part of his emancipation or like, uh, you know, like, no, no, I'm not from the West Island. Yeah. I'm, an I'm inner from city. the streets. I'm from the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, I haven't it's unnaturally. But I, lo- I still live there. I love it there. Right. So there are, uh, there's oh, yeah, a contingent yeah, yeah. of, of yeah. West Islanders or like, Your hey, life, right? there's nothing wrong I, with this place. Yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. No, no. We love it. And, you know, you, you come downtown and you're driving and you're like, oh my God, people aren't supposed to live this way. What's wrong yeah. with people? You know, and you have a great place. Too. It's, yeah. yeah. Is it you the know? stress levels? What is it that 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 makes the West um, Island fun to stay? Because I've heard a bunch of bitching about the West Island, but what is it about it that for those of you that decided like, no, this place is awesome? Is um, it the quiet? Is it? The- I think there's a period in your early twenties, maybe, or like right after, or just you know in that call co- in those college years where you kind of want to you know get away from. I grew up closer to the city until I was about nine, then moved out. So I grew up mm. in an apartment building, you know, like not in not in a house until I was about nine and a half, ten years old. So that was like an awesome experience. I was like, we have stairs, like our own stairs. I remember that. Like, <laughs> that's a big deal. Our own door. It was a yeah. big deal. When you're a it was kid, a big that's a huge deal. It was deal. huge. It was yeah. huge. I had my own room. It was no one's like, telling you to shut up because there's no neighbors. Yeah. Like, well, well, my sister always told me to. Shut up. <laughs> 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 Your music's too loud. Okay, so at least family's <laughs> telling you to shut up. Get your boyfriend out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So nobody you cared about was yelling at you. That's fine. <laughs> I love my sister. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh uh, no. Um, so I think there's a period, you know when you know you're in art school and you're saying oh i'd love to have a loft in old montreal that was that was our dream oh yeah everybody's dream everybody's dream that was the 90s dream that was the 90s the artist loft the artist loft in old montreal and you know and so we eric and i actually you know went and looked um looked at a place just above a little glass uh, workshop in the old port yeah and it was a loft uh, was it a loft? I don't remember if it was a it's loft. A it was an apartment. It was a studio. studio. It was a, yeah, it was oh, really funky. That's another abused word. <laughs> yeah. <studio>. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you just remove the walls, That's and now it's a studio, right? Yeah. You don't have plumbing. Okay, studio. <laughs> yeah, it was a funky, small place. It was funky, but it was small. Right. But it, so did so you they just make call the it, leap? They call it cozy no, no, when it's small. No, we, we didn't. Uh, no, circumstance had it that, uh, you know, family illness and everything. We had, to, we had to stay out there. But quickly, I mean... You know, you, you grew up, we grew out of that. And, and now, like, would I still want to have, like, a downtown Montreal loft, old Montreal loft? Yeah, probably. Maybe like, in, a, in addition the, to your exactly, current Exactly. In yeah. addition, or I'd move further out into the country. I think that uh, we have, we're, it's, there's so much noise everywhere, as it is, yep, you know? Right. And I, I personally don't think that um, people are supposed to live that way. I know it's weird, but you know this is obviously a production of like you know the industrial age, and I think it's it's people are still adapting to to living, and I think I don't know. I mean, it if you love unnatural. it, it's wonderful. But what's that? It is a bit unnatural to herd people into such yeah. small quarters and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you feel it when you're on like the public transportation, or yeah. even when you get into like an elevator with people, and they all just like everyone's avoiding eye contact yeah. and looking up at the numbers as they change. Yeah. And I'm walking down my street and I'm saying hello bizarre. to everybody. We have the dog, and there's yeah. trees, and there's you know it's wonderful because you're a comfortable distance away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to awkwardly avoid eye contact. <laughs> no, I've been it makes a difference. It, ma- it makes a difference. Yeah. They have these uh, uh, architectural psychology research that shows that everything from the shape of your the rooms that you live in and sleep in to the, the walls and mm-hmm. the direction at your house. It's not just feng shui, but no. angles. And if there's weird angles in your house, it can create psychological effects on you. Not surprised. Mm-hmm. And just having something like a, like a 20-foot distance between you and the other person's house mm-hmm. uh you, you just psychologically it makes a difference 
right? Like you, you feel like apparently because I've never been in that situation. <laughs> um, I could not be more inner inner city city kid, um, you know, for life. Right. But uh, obviously, people like like myself that grow up idealize the suburban life. They're like, man, one day, my own oh, yard, really? yeah. my own fence. Right. Uh, you know, my own dog. Like, I won't feel guilty having a dog because I'll he'll yeah. be able to run around or she'll be able to run around. Open so, two point three kids, yeah. white picket fence. Yeah, I know that dog, that's a little too far for me, but you know, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe exactly. not that heavy, yeah, but, but certainly yeah. the the quiet life is something in the owning your your property and right. having your own little home and like picking up the leaves yeah. has mm-hmm. a mystique to it. Obviously, if you've been yeah. in the noisy ass polluted city your whole life Whereas, i really appreciate being close to nature even we'd go farther out into the country if you could yeah one okay. day we probably will okay yeah yeah i think so i think uh being being surrounded by being communing with nature on a on a daily basis is really important like we're in the woods luckily we have some close by which is nice but we regularly walking through the golf course in the winter you know it's, uh, yeah, that's where we have to go these days to find nature is on golf courses. Yeah, yeah, on the golf course. <laughs> Luckily, we have some woods and some. But but if we were to live, I think yeah, I think uh, further like out terracotta. would be nice. Uh, terracotta and there's yeah. angel woods and and there's a few. yeah, that's true. There's yeah. still some still some places in and there's the Timberley the too. Town. Yeah. So and when you're in there, like you you wouldn't think that you're in the middle of the suburbs. No. It just looks like a forest. Yeah. A magical forest yeah. with a stream and the whole bit. Exactly. Yeah. It's well, a magical forest. Well, to forest be fair, we're a little bit lucky that way, too. I think that's one of the other aspects of Canadian life. Yeah. Is um, not to be not to in any way state that we're better than anyone else, but we tend to have poured a little less concrete on everything than maybe our neighbors to the south and some other countries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't an immediate need to, like, pulverize the, the nature into our into our own little sandbox, right? right. Um, I don't know if it has anything to do with the way this country was colonized because it was resource gathering, so you kind of had to not destroy the resources because it was the initial interest. Of it's the also colonies. a population density thing. Absolutely. You know, it's just so fewer people in a much For bigger area. Yeah. yeah, and most of it actually uninhabitable if we didn't have electricity. I was yeah. having this conversation with someone the other day. Yeah. Like you pulled a plug within 48 hours Everyone Exodus, does. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everyone's going to Florida. Yeah, um, we're all refugees, <laughs> in a sense, right? Yeah. But in the end, I feel like in the World War Three scenario, uh, it's going to save our butts because it's this place is it's like Russia in that way, you know, mm-hmm. holding this place would be such a pain in the ass, right? right? Who's gonna who are you gonna be stationed out in Yellowknife? Like, no, seriously, <laughs> right? Tropical places really in danger um we're a little bit i think in danger because we have resources but yeah holding canada would be such a chore i think and i it's f you like when i when people say like this place is fucking cold i'm like good <laughs> <laughs> that means you'll leave eventually won't you yeah <laughs> that's when the novelty wears off exactly it takes a special type of person to live in a place where you can die of exposure on your doorstep yeah <laughs> pretty easily yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd yeah, like just, to believe it makes us a little bit more survival prone yeah. or a little bit more ru- rugged, I guess, yeah. mm. than, say, some guy schlepping it in L.A. on, on a curb somewhere. Yeah. Right. But maybe that's just a fantasy. You get a little drunk at uh, the bar and you decide to take a nap on the <laughs> outside <laughs> and you're, you're not waking up. We we lose a couple of people that way every it's year. Every year it happens, yeah. You know, it's true. Yeah. 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 But, uh, I mean, I think that makes us maybe a little bit more you know alive i guess or 
I mean, certainly you have to entertain yourself for those months where it's sub-zero temperatures and the wind chill factor is through the roof. And yeah. just going outside is just not a good proposition. No, really right? Mm-hmm. Eric loves the winter, though. Does he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, like, goes for walks and, yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, jumps there- in the snow. Yeah, many a day when I'm like, yeah, sorry, Frida. You're going with Daddy. Oh, your <laughs> dog. Our dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Our beautiful dog, yeah. Yeah, no, so I, I hear a lot of talk about, I mean, I know this about you, like you've always had an artistic spirit. Thank you. Has that always been a yeah. preoccupation since childhood? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and yeah. how did it manifest at first? Um, I think in, as a child, I don't, you know, I mean, it's been a long time since I was that young, um, but I think children are open and, and curious and, you know, they're willing to try everything. There's no limitations. They're not, you know, judging themselves on what they create. And so I think um, I, there was always just joy. It was always done out of joy. And I think that uh, I always knew since I was very little that, that I would be, some, this, this is something that I want to do forever, you know. That's I cool. never want to lose that. Yeah, that feeling. Any, that any particular... Um, Form format like uh, you know sculpting, writing, yeah, I've done painting, all or are you like a multidisciplinary? I did. I did a lot of different things, and I tried a lot of different things. As you know, I was in film school absolutely for a couple of years. We went to the same uh, film school. Yes. Few, yeah, and um, I did uh, painting, drawing, and then I did two years of ceramics. Like I just tried a ceramics class, and I was like, wow, this is amazing there was something so fantastic and primal and just there's nothing like the feeling of clay i was just about to ask you you strike me as someone who, who's uh, more manually prone to, exactly. or like manually inclined to arts yeah absolutely that's why film school wasn't really my bag after a yeah. while if people if the kids still say that i don't know <laughs> well, <laughs> but you know no, no, it's true I'm hip i'm cool <laughs> i mean now especially now it's worse than ever literally you press a button and you walk away Yes. Right, like mm-hmm. the 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 okay. cables are disappearing. The cameras are essentially computers now, mm-hmm. right? So you need compu- IT guys on the set, not not mechanics. Not you're not like you know uh, developing the film anymore, unless it's a you know curiosity that your school is still um, yeah, sort which, of which which it was. Thank far, God. Too far into what it should have been. We yeah. probably should have learned both, right? I had I was a similar still, experience. Did mm-hmm. you? <laughs> like, I was still editing on a steam bag uh-huh. in the 2000s, you know? like I, So, like, literally cutting and taping the film together, which is wonderful. And it, it was a great experience. Because they thought that was never going to go away? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I think or they just didn't know anything about the digital stuff. <laughs> Maybe you can answer that. One I'm curious than about I your experience. Like, what was that? Because I know what I went through, and uh, that, that's a therapy session in itself. But <laughs> I'm curious. You obviously put together a portfolio at some point. Yeah, I did. From I, John Abbott. From John Abbott. So mostly it was yeah paintings, and I had done a short film okay. with an amazing teacher, uh, Ron Hallis. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I don't know. Um, just thinking of my experience in that school, it was really, I was always very independent and I wanted to do my thing and I wanted to express myself and say, okay, you guys are in a group cho- a group project. Oh, you were in one of my films, Richard. I'm just remembering. Wait, was I? Uh-huh. Yes, you were. Which film? I'm pretty sure you were. We were, we were eating with Sonia and, and the chicken turns into a, uh, what, what, no, something turns into a chicken. The chicken sandwich turns into an actual chicken. I have no recollection like this. of this whatsoever. Okay, this is a sign. This is a film. bad sign, Richard. Yeah. Both to, of us are 
periodically remembering that we were in films that we forgot about. (laughs) I'm pretty sure if I was in this film, I'm gonna find it. Thank God, internet wasn't around back then. Yeah, the stuff would all be up there forever. (laughs) And that was my only like it was it was my only group project. I I love collaboration, and I'm better at it now. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I want to see this film. I want to see this. Were a little bossy. yeah, I was like my my creative vision was very important to me, uh-huh. and so if we worked on something, it was my idea, it was my vision, it was my storyboard, it was my thing, script, and so the so far this project, sounds legit. This sounds like filmmaking, but go on. Yeah, no, and 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 even the second project, and so I was like, yeah, they, so they threw us in a group, and and even I went to high school with one of the guys, he was a nice guy, whatever, and I um I was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna do my own project, so I would film my own things, you know, I, I just was like. Thank like you so Stan much for Brackage. the instruction. I'm going to go and... Yeah. <laughs> you were experimentalist. I was experimental. I did do experimental film. Were you experimentalist? Yeah, yeah, experimental I film. I get that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I was not a, a writer. And so I remember there was Dan Cross. I don't know if you had Dan Cross. Oh, yeah. I remember Dan. Yeah. And a lot... There's mixed... I liked his teaching style, which is like, yeah, do whatever you want kind of thing. But it was... Um, I remember speaking to him and saying, I'm not a script writer. I'm, you know? And I feel like I don't... I, it, it's like I don't fit into that... Uh, and so, um, which is funny, because now I kind of do that in some ways. But anyways. Um, Dan Cross was a bit of a dickhead. Was he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was nice to me. He, he was, was a nice man. Yeah. And you could definitely have a beer with him. In fact, he would insist that you have beers with him. Yeah, because not surprised. Yeah. he had a bit of a drinking problem. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> and, and most mornings when, when uh, we were in class, you get the impression that, you know, he didn't have a late appointments last night, you know. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> but he, he had it, felt like he had a good he had a good heart. We're not outing you, Dan Cross. No, he's a great he's a great filmmaker. He's a great teacher. He was wonderful. I don't mind outing him because <laughs> <laughs> because I don't mind, and I'm I just realized how therapeutic it is to talk to you now about this because no one else know would understand this uh, because you've been there. Yeah. Um, the short version of this on Dan Cross is he's kind of like this uh, grinning, smiley little dude uh, who you can, he, he sort of has the same shit disturber look on his face that he probably had when he was 19 uh-huh. in film school himself. Yeah. He has this little like fuck you in his face. And when he talks you to, uh, talks about his his background, you realize that he was that kid that, was never interested in the glitz and the Hollywood yeah. stuff. He always he immediately started filming like homeless people and yeah. grime and uh, street stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, like he he did some great work. I mean, he he's uh, I think he's still part of, if not founded, I Steal Film, which was responsible for some like award winning documentaries mm-hmm. like Up the Yangtze and uh, Tacquacore and a bunch of other really good like um, uh, almost Vice before Vice. Okay, I would describe his his material, mm. but like all all men or people, I think of that type, and I feel like I hope I don't become one of these people. Is he as he got older uh, and less active, he starts telling a lot of war stories. I don't know okay. if he did that to you guys, but there was a lot of war stories instead of teaching, and some of those war stories. So you add the drinking to the top of that, and then <laughs> now you're getting that war story more than once. And he's starting to sound like the shell shock guy from now, <laughs> right? Like, how many times we listen to his uh, fucking story about uh, uh, going to China and running around with a Bolex on a pistol grip? Like, I swear to God, I haven't heard the story in like four years, and I still 
immediately know the story. You know the story. But it's been 15 years for me about, so I, it, was, yeah. it was a while ago, yeah. Well, he, like I said, he was a cool guy, but he was very, um, I guess the fact that I was about 10 years older than everyone else made me immune to a lot of his war story BS. So it was cute for about like two or three classes, but I'm like, okay, dude. Teach me something. Start, you know, let's... Uh, yeah. And he had this very nonchalant sort of just uh, phoning it in attitude, but with the first year guys, you know. And anytime we had anything technical to do, he would bring in one of his minions. Like, you know, because teachers can do this in university. They can uh, sign out like a guest appearance by someone mm. and actually compensate that person. So he'd bring in some old students of his or people who are actually working, uh, you know, in his field. Excuse me. And I just noticed that every time he would get technical, it wasn't him teaching us. It was one of his disciples. And... His phone would go off in class, and you'd be like, "Oh, so ah, sorry, guys, I gotta go get the." He, he was like a homeless man that a shelter had cleaned up, <laughs> and and he really felt like that, right? And he would, but there were little slivers of brilliance in him. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you went to talk to him face to face, if you went to talk to him face to face, he would immediately tell you how to immediately uh, leverage and optimize your career immediately. Yeah. He wouldn't be like, you know, well, you know, Richard, you just got to hang in there and uh, be true to yourself and be like, you, uh, he'd be like, you, uh, what, 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 what are you, man? Where are you from? I'm like, uh, I'm Hungarian. Hungarian? What the fuck are you doing here? I'm like, what? He's like, uh, why aren't you in Toronto? I'm like, why? Dude, the biggest producer in Canada is this Hungarian Jew. It's this guy's name. Like, you, you should get a bus ticket right now and just go over there. He'll hook you up. Like, you know, I know the guy, blah, blah, blah. He's like, don't you have a baby? I'm like, yeah, I have a baby. Well, dude, film the babies. You're going to get, you're going to win the, like, he would tell you immediately, like, how to shortcut. He was, like, really like a little rat. <laughs> a little, little opportunistic rat who uh, would do anything to get the story kind of. He's a very weird guy. And I think I would have loved him. Uh, if he had taught us, yeah, instead of just I, bullshitting us. It's, um, it, I mean, again, it's it's hard for me to go back. I, I remember I having a now. very uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're hilarious. Sorry about that. <laughs> I love you, Dan Cross. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy. I I enjoyed his class very much, and I remember he, you know, he told me, and it was like the first teacher to say like, "So don't." He's like, "If you start writing scripts, you're gonna lose everything that makes you." who you are and creative and whatever. And All right, he yeah, he had the big heart on for like a real-life documentary, yeah. cinema verite. Yeah, he right. really did. And he's like, no, just like do do what you have to do, you know? And, and I did like really odd things. I did like film noir with like my dog and like a cat and, you know, like chalk outline, you know, uh, like the whole thing. And, so and, far, so good. You know, and some people would be like, that's, you know, and that was like what, one of my projects and... He was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, he was just very, he, he was encouraging. He was very, sure. very encouraging. If you listen to him, then he definitely, then he definitely embraced, embraced you. Yeah. 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 And I'm not suggesting that you were like a follower and I was some sort of rebel, but I think I gave him a, a bad impression about how much he could do with me or, or mold me. Right. When he realized that I was kind of squinting when he was, <laughs> when he would bullshit. Right. You are a bit older when you were exactly. there too. Like just you were like a grown ass man. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to do his hocus pocus. You got the hocus pocus over on the 19, 20 year olds, but yeah. I'm like 29 yeah. at this time, at this age. So I'm just kind of looking at him like, I know what you are. Yeah. Don't do this to me. But he was very much um, um, helpful in the sense that, yeah, if he, well, this is the irony of what he was saying and all of those documentary mm -hmm. uh, fanatics. 
is they constantly talk shit about the fiction people because we were pursuing, we were writing fake stories and mm -hmm. fictional ideas, whatever. But they didn't realize the irony of what they were saying because all they were doing is filming a bunch of random real stuff and then uh, beating it into a fictional story through editing, mm -hmm. right? So they were all about looking for that fictional uh, story you can like chew on at the end of the day uh, through getting real footage, right? They would never piece together the documentary from A to Z the way they filmed it. It would be like, oh, okay, insert this voice over this image and then juxtaposite. All that Soviet editing stuff, they would use all those tricks. And then they would turn around at the f fiction people and like judge us. And I was like, I, I think at some point I told them, I'm like, you, you guys are in the fiction business and we're in the trying to be realistic business. So yeah. that's, that's the irony of the whole thing. opposite feeling. Okay, enough think, of me. Go tell no, me. No, I th I think it's just funny because I felt like I didn't fit in with all the most of the most of the people there were kids, whatever. Were trying to do, you know, there were so few people doing like experimental. There was one guy who was amazing. He would did like the puppet, you know, like uh, cl claymation and stuff. Yeah, every but year has so one of those guys. Yeah, I know. It's like He's always in the equipment and, yeah. room taking <laughs> stuff apart. Amazing. Yeah, a rain man, a rain man. Let's yeah, call it a rain for man. sure, fantastic stuff. But there were so few people doing that stuff. Like, uh, I, if I remember correctly, you know, Richard Kerr was there. Yes. Yes, the madman. I think so. The lunatic. And there was uh, Francois, what was his name? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of lunatics, uh, I forget his name, but uh, he was he was legit crazy. Like, Richard Kerr was He did was the nuts. psychedelic films. Yes. Yeah. Th that, th those, like, uh, he helped me. He was like, oh, yeah. he really helped me with the uh, optical printers. He was, he gave me some film. He was so nice. Like, I liked him. Kerr was great. Yeah. I didn't have him as a teacher, but I would... Oh, you're uh, Miron. Miron, yeah. I was going to say Pilon, but it's Miron. Yeah, Francois Miron, yeah. yeah. People either him. loved him or hated him. Yeah, I loved him. He was awesome. You got along with him. Okay. Yeah. Kerr was a lunatic, but... Um, and he also called fiction people like pornographers. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, the <laughs> pornographer. He's like this little scrappy guy. Like, ah, rah. And uh, he didn't have any education or diplomas, but he'd gotten in just on the quality of his, of his, of work. his work in the 70s, I'm guessing. Yeah. And... Uh, Kerr was a nutcase, but he would tell you the truth every time. So he could, it was nice, it was refreshing. You know, he didn't bullshit you. So, but Francois Miron, yeah, I, there were a lot of people coming out of his classrooms crying. And I loved it. There were complaints. I loved it. Really? <laughs> I loved it. Do you have any stories? <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. I, I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were. I just remember the feeling. He was Again, a peculiar it, guy. We're looking at, wait, what, what year was I there? 2000? I don't know. You're looking at like 16 years ago. Maybe, wow, maybe 2000 a little bit was less. 16 years 2001? ago. 2001? I don't remember. Eric, Eric, remember? I don't know. I, I don't really remember. So it's like a long time ago. It's, it's mostly feelings and fuzz, you know? I don't, impressions. I don't remember. Impressions, you know? Psychic impressions. Yeah, it's psychic feelings impressions. But, uh, but there were a few moments like that and, and mostly I felt like I wasn't in the right place like okay aside from those moments like when like Dan they weren't letting you that, go far enough or what what I was the know. feeling of non-belonging um, this wasn't the right medium for you it right? wasn't the right medium that was a good start that was mm. a good start yeah no it's exactly what you said about you know um being you know um you know more of a tactile kind of person and enjoying the, the plastic arts if uh -huh. you will yeah, yeah. you know like you enjoying, should have been over at the va building yeah. like uh, yeah Painting smashing and drawing stuff and to the wall and, and, yeah actually working with my hands that's uh -huh. what i find the most joy in and, and you're too far removed in film i was a, like it was great i got into the to the program i don't even think i had an interview like they like they saw my portfolio which is amazing i'm not saying like oh but you know i'm sure it it's was, amazing 
it was it was okay it was like you know 18 year old you know moody moody painting sure sure but i've also seen their vetting process and uh, at least when i was there and it was it was not it was bullshit the emperor has no clothes type vetting process so i'm hoping that a few years before when you went that uh, there was an actual the school was, was still looking at the I stuff. I had some friends who tried three years in a row and couldn't get in. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Th- that's they for were, sure. It's yeah. a very, very sought-after program. Yeah. That's for it sure. Was a, yeah. It was a sought-after program. And so I felt kind of guilty about that. You okay. know, I'm like, here I am, and I have friends who are like, what? You know, and their films were fantastic. Um, their films were fantastic. So I was like, oh, I'm here, and I, I should be loving this. And I wasn't loving it. And so it was it was tough. Okay. It was tough. And so... What was the next step? Like, so where'd you go from there? I always wanted to be, I was always entrepreneurial. I always wanted to do something on my own. It's, I think it's part of being an artist as well, is you kind of want to carve your own path. You have something to do. I think you were a step ahead of the game by feeling and understanding that. But that's one of my biggest complaints about art school is that they, they do the absolute opposite. Yeah. They do not prepare you or even talk to you about self-representation when in fact you are more in need of those skills than any uh, business school uh, asshole. I'm sorry. Any business school graduate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those people are immersed in that stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, finance, all all these different, you know, uh, if you're going to be in geography or any of those other things, then yeah. be prepared to yeah. be um, a busker or you're going to go directly back to the academia. But arts are where, the, like, business sense is the most crucial and they do not talk about it. So I think you were really avant-garde there. Thank you. Yeah, curve. no, I, I, I was always felt like, okay, there was something. So we tried a bunch of different things and, you know, um, but but I agree with you in, in a lot. Of, I think it's changing, okay, not maybe from an academic uh, standpoint, but certainly artists now, I mean, there's never been, and that's, this is the stuff I love. When I was five years old, and I'm like, <laughs> when I was five years old, I was going like door to door selling my handmade colored greeting cards. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was only allowed on the first floor. I wasn't allowed to go down the stairs. It's amazing. But I was like, yeah, I know. Like, it's already like, more <laughs> entrepreneurial than. Like I was 90, like that too. Ninety percent. I had my people. lemonade stands. You did. Yeah. Oh my god, so I cute. I totally picture you doing. Yeah, that. I did lemonade stands, and uh, I had this. Uh, I would hook up my uh, game system to like a final to like a VHS, and the the first real business was I was gonna have this. VHS tape of making through Mega Man, one of the Mega Man games, without losing a life, so that people could use it as an instructional video. And I would tell people that for like for years, and they would just laugh it off, say that's ridiculous. Are but there are people kidding? on YouTube who are it's making a like a thing. mint the, off the of that biggest, now. Uh, I just saw something about yeah, that. What's his name? What's his name? PewDiePie or something. Oh, pew pew die die. Oh, he's yeah. like the pew, number pew, one pew, YouTube die. guy. Yeah, pew, pew, pew 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 cutie pie die. Dolly name. <laughs> <laughs> die die cutie pie. Something like that. Yeah. He's like, and I was like, what does this guy do? I, like, I would Google. It's unboxing videos, right? I don't know. I think it's unboxing videos. Yeah. But like, and the, kids love that stuff. They yeah, love. I so thought funny. it was ridiculous, and I literally, my son showed me that. It is not for some reason. We, I yeah. guess this is where we start to not understand stuff. <laughs> My niece, too, she's like six, and she just loves watching some 65-year-old lady unboxing like little toys and stuff. Incredible. It's just, I, it's, they're captivated yeah. by it. And but the playthroughs and stuff, The playthroughs too. are an industry. Yeah, yeah. So you were there first. Yeah, I was there first, yeah. I wish I, I wish I still had it. I wish I still had it. That's that awesome. Yeah, but I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean when you... Yeah. 
when you were doing that stuff. You felt you like you kid. needed to, to, yeah. Okay. So did you, uh, do you remember like how the schools used to have to, um, they used to force us to go to the door? Yes. Force oh, you like to collect U- money? Like UNICEF and. There, everyone got the UNICEF. I was a Cub Scout too. So we had like the, what the chocolate bars oh, yeah. and all that, that nonsense. And UNICEF like turned out to be a huge scam, right? Afterwards, yeah, I, heard, I think so. And they had us collect pennies and 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 yeah. dimes and whatever. We we used to hang them around our necks. Yeah, I saw some kids came to the door this year with UNICEF boxes. I'm like, they're still doing that. They're I didn't have pennies. It. I was like, I don't know. I can go upstairs and like. It like, doesn't get lower pennies. than that when you think know. about it. It's just like using children as your workforce to, to your your charity like like net. But it teaches yeah. them good things. It teaches them good things. I suppose it's, it seemed some, wholesome at the time. It really did. I don't know. I'm not informed enough to know whether it's evil i don't trust charity i seem to remember what you're saying like there was something i remember having to sell toothbrushes one year our school tried to get creative and i don't know where the hell some other entrepreneur entrepreneur excuse me must have gotten his foot in the door with uh with our school Hmm. and was trying to make us sell these like made in china like so it was a toothbrush and the handle you could ch- load it with the toothpaste oh. and then press a button and then it would like come out of the br- like where the bristles were. That's cool. Right? It's cool, except it was a cheap piece of crap. <laughs> right? Like even demonstrating <laughs> it, it would explode in your hand. It was a total scam. <laughs> but somehow they... Many children lost their hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. I just remember the smell of, of mint, peppermint, whatever, uh, to- uh, toothpaste. Because it would be all over you oh after uh, like an evening of selling these things door to door. Right. And I'm not even sure what the cause was. They didn't explain it to us. Something about camping, but I don't remember a camping trip that year. Uh, yeah. For when I was in high school, our band, in order to raise money, we had to sell oranges. That's not too bad. Yeah. Hey, Florida Eric's oranges. Too. Yeah. That makes sense. And Eric too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were good oranges. Yeah. But they were pimping us out like crazy, man. Oh, yeah. And they were they were putting pressure on the sales, too. It's like, what? You only sold one bag? Oh, you no. piece of shit? It's <laughs> some third world type situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we can't buy any saxophones for one bag of fucking oranges. Get, get your back ass to back work. There. <laughs> get back on the corner. Yeah, right. Get back on your corner. Don't come back until you sold these oranges. Where's my money? Jeez. Yeah, you forget these things, but they Maybe were... Maybe we should send artists out to sell their work exactly or you don't graduate (laughs) the most successful that's a really good that's That's a really good one the most successful you gotta sell uh, your film noir or you don't graduate (laughs) what we can't buy a new camera (laughs) there's this guy on my street uh, who's like semi-homeless and he yeah I say semi because he looks like he has a home but probably not a like um, he maybe lives in one of those buildings that has those like tiny little units or something. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But he's always selling a collection of poems that he wrote. I love that. And mm-hmm. I think that's really sweet. Yeah. But it's also sad as hell, you know? Because, I mean, the hope in this guy is like he's really trying to give something yeah. back. Or he's so trying to yeah. trade something that is of a value. But mm-hmm. poetry is like, I can't think of anything more difficult to sell than poetry. I think that's amazing. Right? I I, see, I I knew you would admire that. I love that. Yeah. And I, I like there's these little women who come into shops and sell like bookmarks that have been stamped with like bingo markers and like <laughs> they're like a buck each. I buy them. Oh, like, those things. Yeah. Okay. You're a sucker for those, eh? Um, yeah. 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 For somebody who's trying to, you know, 
in any way to just say, hey, I'm here, I'm creative, I'm whatever, and I'm not just begging for money, I'm, I'm creating yeah. something, whatever it is, whatever they're, you know, I, yeah. I, yeah, I try to help those guys out yeah, too. Or, too. Or the buskers who are playing music exactly. or, you know, yeah. you're doing something. Something, yeah, yeah. And, and you're, and it's is from it, the soul, you know. Is it is it dickish of me to only give to the buskers that play well? <laughs> Or if they play really badly, then I give them money. It's like those two extremes. <laughs> if they rock, and I'm like, there's this, uh, there's this black girl at one of the um, subway stations. She plays a ukulele, but her voice is ridiculous. Wow. She's a young girl. She can't be more than 19. And she's not even like, you don't even see her like chest like puffed up and like her neck all veiny. But she just like blasts you away with her voice. She's so, like, if I was one of like some kind of... Uh, if I had some sort of connect to the music industry, like she's a shoe in, like she's a star. Wow. You know, and I see that, I'm like, okay, here you go, girl. Like, yeah. don't freaking stop doing what you're doing because mm-hmm. you're amazing. Uh, in the middle, if you're just sort of beating a box mm-hmm. half, with the recorder, with the recorder, and or, you're half assing it. Yeah, then I'm like, not so sympathetic. If you're really pathetic and you're kind of just mumbling to yourself, <laughs> then it's like my heart breaks and I have, to, I have to do something. And there's a couple of those people too, you know, um, that are just clearly just trying. And then like it, it, it gets you right to yeah, the heart of you, you know? Um, so, okay. So you get out of film yeah. school. Yeah. Where, what's the next step to pursuing a more manual, manual art form while also... I think I just tried a bunch. It was ceramics, so I studied ceramics. Yes. And uh, yeah, it was it was a journey, you know. And and there were some really rough times. You know, it's it, it's almost like a. It was a, it was it was rough times. Like artistically really. or no economically. Like, uh, economically, like family, like just uh, Eric's dad passed away of ALS, and uh, just a lot of. Upheaval. Which one's ALS or just um, side? That's um, well, you've seen like the ice bucket. Ice bucket, right? Oh, is it muscular? It's not. not it's no, no, no. It's um, it's a neuro. I think neurological disorder. Okay. Where you you lose um the ability to um, you lose muscle. Okay. Right? The ability to oh, like atrophy. Muscles. I don't know if it at- does it atrophy. I don't think so. Well, anyway, I mean the nerves don't work so that or something, and then eventually they turn soft because you're not using them, right? So, yeah. It's, was there uh, like a? It's that was really bad timing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like joke drums at the end of that. ALS, waka waka waka. Next up on the show, cystic fibrosis. <laughs> okay, so uh, rough times. Rough time, really rough times. Okay. You know, a lot of family uh, on both sides of our family. Just crazy, like. You know, rough times personally as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if you're creative, right. that 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 tears your shit apart, yeah. right? And what I saw is when you're when you're that low, you know, and am am I, you know, ready to talk? I don't know, but you know, just a lot of self destructive behavior. Let's say, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, and and you know, like we're we're familiar with that. Help and yeah, you know, and and Fire then help. and then Fire you know, and self medicating and you know, like trying to cope, I guess, with a lot uh-huh. of that stuff. And you have all this artistic stuff, and so now I look back, I'm like, oh, but when you're in that space, there is what you know. It's funny. I'm just reading Big Magic. Um, just finishing that up. I put it down and I picked it back up by uh, Sarah. Uh, sorry, Elizabeth Gilbert, and. Um, Big magic. Big magic. Okay. Yeah, and and it's about the creative process, and she's a writer, and she's talking about this, and she's going exactly through that chapter where she talks about you know 
being sort of the tormented artist and how like there's n- there's not really creative you can't be in touch with that creator and I completely agree wait so she endorses that or she, she says doesn't. it's a fallacy she says it's a fallacy okay she says it's an absolute fallacy and she uses that word and she says you know it's and I and I've experienced that full handed and I and I've said that before and I've said that many 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 times to many people that I've spoken to it's when you're in that space there is no creativity you cannot you may think it is but uh, in her in her words, she sort of says, "What's happening is it's pushing. It's almost like a sidewalk, and it's the the sprouts are pushing through despite it, not okay. because of it. If that makes sense, it does. And I completely believe that. And I've been in that space where there was no creativity. Does the female form make you uncomfortable, Mr. Lebowski? Uh, is that what this is a picture of? In a sense, yes. My art has been commended as being strongly vaginal, which bothers some men. The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Vagina. Oh, yeah? Yes, they don't like hearing it and find it difficult to say, whereas without batting an eye, a man will refer to his dick, or his rod, or his... Johnson. Johnson? So, this concept, this very, um, almost cliché, of the tormented artist or that pain and suffering is somehow conducive to great art or to creativity etc struggle I certainly believe in that to a certain degree um, but you're saying that according to this book that you read yeah. it did, and it rang true right according to ba- yeah, big for magic me, in my personal journey absolutely so what does it suggest yeah. then as an alternative or does it um, yeah, I, I guess it does. Like you don't need to pursue suffering in order to a hundred percent. To like, pursue why suffer? creativity, why suffer? Yeah. yeah, you know, dance, dance with, dance with it, and enjoy it, and you know, and um, certainly that's been my experience. I think that, uh, yeah, I can't remember the question. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> the idea of the tournament. I was at artist. my four forty. What's that? Say that again. <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? Was it, I, I was asking, actually, yeah, you, Richard, what do you, what do you think of this idea of uh, pain for pain yields good art? Well, I, I certainly don't think that you should be pursuing pain in order to pursue creativity. But if you happen to be in pain, then I think, you know, something creative can help you work through that pain. Yeah. Okay. And then that, that can become a bit of a vicious circle if, if you're only finding inspiration in those in those difficult times and then things are happy and all of a sudden you're not able to produce anything because you're only comfortable or you've only able to tap into that when you're in a difficult situation. Yeah, Taylor so. Swift, Adele, all it. these all these breakup albums, right? Yeah. Right? Like if they if everything was fine or actually let's let's not focus just on the women here. Um Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, first half of his career is like head like a hole and mm-hmm. the world sucks, you know? And right. then suddenly he stopped drinking or something. He he sobered up and he got married and he cleaned up his life. And some of the the you know, most talented artists in history have not been the most well-adjusted people. They've been very kind it of bizarre. It tends to be a thing, right? You know, like Van Gogh and Keith Richards, Dolly, and yeah, Van Gogh being obviously the the go-to guy because of the right. Which I hope I don't even know if that's an accurate story. I don't know, but um, the idea of yeah, he cut off his own ear. Yeah. Or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Beethoven, and you know, like that. But he was he, going deaf, right? But we 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 know we there, there's a there's a mystique around that. that yeah, you know, and, we that, and 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 sh- that's what she's in the book. You know, we, we romanticize it, and we do. Yes, we, we definitely do. do. We I have do. no doubt that that's the yeah. case. We yeah. romanticize everything. Yeah. Everything. 
and more now than ever it's all all narratives we we rich and i have talked about this quite a bit but cliches generally have a basis in reality you know at least at some point but i don't think it means that you need to or like go and cut off your own ear in order to be able to paint right right or to to pursue some kind of uh you know hardship i think you got to remember too that the guys like van gogh and stuff were were part of a cultural and artistic renaissance where art was being pursued as a intellectual and a philosophical um sort of uh search for truth right and uh you probably remember this from art, art school uh, where they talk to to you to us about how photography freed the painters from pursuing realism mm-hmm. because photography now was a direct reflection of what was real and so suddenly painters and sculptors were that's when impressionism and all these other expressionism all these styles exploded because now paintings no longer had to capture reality it was photography took the weight off of them and then film in turn came along and got even more realistic and more capturing the experience. And then photography now started to get like, uh, you know. But all of these sort of art forms have now just become uh, very electronic and very instant and very digital and very accessible. So there's some good to that and some bad. Certainly, it's harder to tell um, when someone's talented or if someone's just aping a talented person, mm-hmm. right? It seems like everyone's imitating everyone now. And you don't even know where the source is anymore. Yeah, and I think it always has been and it always will be in some ways, you know. And um, where that that line is, you know, no one can ever say for sure. And I think that that's okay, you know. I think that's okay and everything sort of draws from each other. But um, I think there's, there's even some people who would say that creativity doesn't exist, like you, it's it's like you're just mixing and matching things that have you know components of things that have already been done you know it's all mashups <laughs> yeah you know even something that's like uh, imaginary like a dragon is like the scales of a snake and the claws of a lion and you're just you know taking components of things that exist and putting them together into oh, something new imagination well the whole idea of inspiration yeah. and the muse and all that that's all from the greeks right where they actually believe that there was these spirits yeah. energies that came and gave you inspiration and stuff i think i agree with you that definitely pursuing misery in order for it to yield great art is the wrong is like that's definitely a fallacy it's definitely yeah. romanticizing things yeah. I just think creativity for those people that feel the need to to engage in it is the most powerful fuel for that is strong emotions, powerful emotions. And it's just a sad fact that we tend to have we tend to have burp. Um, we tend to I mean some of our strongest emotions just happen to be our pain. Nothing really unless I mean joy can can generate like, you know, happiness and 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 energies But like pain is so visceral and so common That's something you need to work through. It's like you don't have to work through your joy Right, like you don't need to somehow try to process your joy and make it, it. you know, yeah, Yeah. you know what I I, like Anyways, I think that I think that we go through all of the uh, you know, the human experience, you know human condition what we all go through all those things and really what I've found as I've grown and as I you know and as I help other people with this and everything is is really that consistent work 
ethic that I can't think of, like the consistency, the consistency to produce regardless of how you feel. You're saying that's what that's leads to what success. It is. I think a lot of times Absolutely. that we, yeah, 100% yeah, agree. yeah, I know because I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that consistency. Yeah, consistency. C- creating, creating, like you know, Picasso. He was very prolific. Like a yeah. lot of these artists are very, very prolific. They do, they do, they do. And I think that that's where those nuggets of genius come out. Is sure. if you're doing, and if you overthink things, that's where, you know, and and, and in in places of torment, you you. Um, you know, the things you could, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, drink a baby, stay up all night, you know, like love mm-hmm. Elliot Smith. If it's cheesy, it's cheesy, you know, you sure. know, yeah. all the things, you know, you could do, you won't, but you might, you know, and that I think is like really that, uh, that, that's, that hit me, of course, you know, that, uh, um, the, un- that the un- line. unrealized potential sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I talking think, about? you know, I mean, uh-huh. who, you know, you won't, but you might, you but know, you, like it's, uh, you got the Da Vinci's of the world too, right? Who are, exactly. who were master procrastinators. He was right? a procrastinator? Oh, like a motherfucker. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Da Vinci. I know is, he was a vegetarian. Is he? Was he? Mm-hmm. I think that's a claim that people, that and having one testicle is like the most common myth about every, every great person mm-hmm. or, or that they were gay or whatever. But uh, apparently he was, uh, yeah, he was a notorious procrastinator. Um, and that's why a lot of his works are all unfinished. All of the stuff we have from him are sketches. But that's okay. It's okay to be a sketch. It's fine. It's okay as long as you're you're doing. As long as right. you're doing something. One just Not wonders. everything is going to be a masterpiece. Right. Right. And that's what I think. You know, my sister used to call me the unfinished artist. You know, everything was unfinished. Right. But I think it's just you, you're not doing enough, and you're not, um, you know, working in series. You're not like there's a lot of things that you know you can do to. You know. Um, I mean, you got. You're like optimizing your output and artistic creation are oftentimes, you know, two traits that you don't find in the same person you know, so easily, yeah. you know, yeah. just because like you have ideas and you have all this output stuff. It's perfectionism stuff. also. Yeah. Right? I, I remember like, being in, in school too and like having to be creative on demand, you know, like because you tough. have an assignment. Yeah. Right. It's. It's so counterintuitive. It's then not, this it's other not. idea you had was fantastic, and that was the one you really, really, really wanted to do. And as soon as that right. assignment was over, that idea, yeah, that's cool. But there's like another idea, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just a deflection tactic. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I think that that's, yeah. It's a saying, not everything has to be perfect. It's perfectionism. It's right. perfectionism. And things and in motion it. tend to stay in motion. You know, exactly. That kind of thing, right? Like exactly. if you... It's a muscle. Yeah, and, and like writer's block, myth. you know, you, like, yeah, you stop writing. You just got to, you just to keep going yeah. through the motion, and Absolutely. something will. Even if you don't know how it's going to start, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You got to. There's a little bit of trust, and you, you create. And I, and I, uh, you know, in a in a talk that I give, I specifically say like creativity is a muscle, and you have to stretch it like anything else. You know, any other part of your body, any other. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, so uh, public speaking—that's something you you've been doing a for little a little bit. While. Yeah? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, how yeah. did you how did you um, transition into that? Um. Well, I help. That that's what I love to do is help like creatives and stuff. So you know, we're talking about like business school and you know what and you know art school. And now I think things are changing. I think a lot of artists like it's a it's a golden age for for artists. You know, and is it? With, yeah. Why would you say that? Um, I think that. Um, I'm not challenging your. No, no, curious, not at all. Um, I think that you know it's no longer the same system that it was. It's not the gatekeeper. It's not the patron. It's not. You don't have to be. Um, 
you know is it the internet or? or it's the internet everything's the internet and you know everything is so visual and that's where you know it's storytelling you know yes it is it's all storytelling and it's visual and that's where artists have a leg up over everybody else you right? don't need to have a vernissage no and you all can this. of course you it's can. part of it yeah and but you can have an etsy store which does perfectly well and have i mean your i own. follow some artists it's incredible it's incredible what people are doing right now yeah absolutely incredible and you can you can do it on your own take you, you know, don't need the middleman anymore you don't need the middleman yeah it's funny yeah. what you said about earlier how you found it counterintuitive when you were asked to create things on demand I have the opposite problem. Uh, I perform exceedingly well when I'm called upon. I fire all all of my synapses fire when when someone needs something, hmm. or someone says, Get, "Have this on my desk." I mean, I'll go through the agonies and probably deliver it at the last minute or whatever, but <laughs> it'll be pretty good. Hmm. That's I was I was knocking it out of the park in uh, in uh, university with art art and essays and stuff. Because they were like, give me 500 words on this. No problem. <laughs> right. I'll give you 1,000. No, Jason, 500. Really? Because I can do 1,000. No, no, 500 is enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, but on my own, like giving left to my own devices, uh, I, I go to dangerous, dangerous places <laughs> mentally. And But you're saying, you're, you're at least saying that left to your own devices, you actually thrive? Yeah. If I, you know, like if, if I was uh, inspired to do something on my own then i would be much more into it and i would do a lot better of a job and i would have the freedom to you know it goes wherever it goes as opposed to well no you need to draw a tree like well i don't really want to draw a tree i want to like work on this piece of rock and you know see what happens with it and it'll reveal itself to me as I'm chipping pieces away from it, you know, oh, interesting. not trying to make it into a tree. Yeah. Huh. See, know? it's so weird how, how the creative process obviously is, has been a question that's been debated and is being debated still. Mm-hmm. People still don't know exactly what it is that's at, at work and what motivates all of these different, uh, you know, why some person will um, create stuff but not want to show it to anyone, right? Mm-hmm. And other yeah. people create not so great stuff but they can't shut yeah. up about it <laughs> right and then you yeah. have those and cut in between but okay so the the public speaking Sorry, when, yeah, when did that start you're amazing at this i have to say okay um <laughs> you really he brings, are he brings it back this is a, you are yeah you're really uh so um you know as i as i you know went through this you know artistic and entrepreneurial journey you know sometimes it was less art and more entrepreneur um so people would come to me for you know advice like you know even even when i was younger you know let's say you know not that i'm like super old or anything but and um you have you always had that people coming to yeah. you because uh, richard uh, is like that a little bit too right yeah you, you always had people kind of come to you yeah, for advice whether you yeah. wanted them to or not yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it does happen but i think it's just yeah. because i'm a listener that's all well that's kind and of I, a big and deal I, and i got the dad voice and I got the dad one. But but you just naturally so, some people seems like yeah, naturally were for some reason speaking I don't know it was it was something so I you know I started to take you know leadership roles I was never afraid to say okay yeah you know what I'll stand up if it was something I believed in right yeah you weren't afraid of knocking on doors we've established no this. no I right. was never I, and I always lived by the you know I'd rather try and know than to live with the regret of That's not amazing. knowing I've always been like that since I was a kid. Now you, you have know? me wishing I'd grown up in the suburbs next to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the things I would have become. I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I'm a little verklempt. But that, but that was it. Even that early. It wasn't yet in the suburbs. Eh? That was like... Sure. This is still in the... That uh, was like... 
in the block days hundred dollars for like you know like child support what my father couldn't pay that you know like so right. like that was like tough tough times for my poor mom okay so you're, you're child of the d- divorce yeah okay yeah which is not, not uncommon at all no yeah and again another thing you have in, in common with uh with uh um, some friends right like I mean, I'm saying is not an uncommon story. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Okay. So, so public speaking. Public speaking. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So. Do you so remember your first gig? Do you remember when you decided I'm going to do this? Um, it all happened really naturally. Like I, I was like, I just became the leader of an organization. Like I, I sort of like started organizing events, and so I'd have to speak in front of these events, right? And uh, so I just speak to them as if they were friends, right? Of course, you know, you're always a little bit nervous, but it was never... Actually, the first few times, I, I remember feeling like I wanted to throw up when everyone... Yeah, really? but, but yeah. other than that, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty... I'm fairly comfortable. Not always. I mean, listen, if I'm to go... I'm not... You know, I have never gone on in front of a stage of like 10,000 people or anything. It's It's been... You know, people that I sort of know or like or, you know, through connection. You know what I mean? So it's not... Uh, I feel you could crack it. I have a feeling you could... Thank you. And I have good help. I have a good friend who's a public speaking coach, Susanna Baum. If you wanted to give a link there, SusannaBaum.com or create a signature speech that sells. She's fantastic. B-A-U-M? B-A-U-M, Okay, because I heard Susanna Baum. Yeah. Like B-O-M-B. She is the bomb, but no, yeah. (laughs) And she helps me take all of these ideas. Like if you think I sound coherent, like incoherent now, (laughs) because I woke up at 4.40. No, but um, she takes all of my stream of consciousness thoughts, all of these ideas that I want, and she's like, helps me put them into a structure. I have a friend like that. She's fantastic. Eric Jean, he does exactly this for me. And you Incredible. too, Richard. To uh, I call them my wartime conciliaries. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they're just these people you're like blabbing on for two hours. And they're like, oh, you mean that you never want to do this again? You're like, yeah. And it's yeah. A bit, it's a <laughs> exactly. Bit, it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, totally. You've been going on like, and Ninja Turtles and, and, and Orange Juice. And they just summarize it in like one... Sure. Like four words, 100%. and you just you want to rip your eyes out. <laughs> yeah. But you love them dearly. Oh no, they're so valuable she's, to you. I love her, and you know, and she, yeah, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what you said: Ninja Turtles yeah. and orange juice. And she's like, okay, so this is this is the witch. I'm like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. You know, Ninja like, Turtles and orange like, juice. She's like, it's your idea. And I'm like, no, no, it's like the way you put it. Through. It's fantastic. So I get how. So that helps you be a little bit more confident. So so really, it's it's about t- it's less about speaking than it is about sharing teaching you know teaching i don't know why i feel like it's a funny word like i don't know there to teach someone something but like no, I, you're, you're not like telling people what to do or no. or edu- you're you're educating them yeah which means they're preaching I, i'm not preaching no yeah. exactly maybe yeah. i am that, yeah. preaching and teaching. ideas you Wait, know if you're you you started a cult is that is that what's happened um, you could you could you totally could you could, but you wouldn't want the, that power. That's Eric had a really good idea to start the Church of Nowadays Saints. <laughs> nowadays Saints. I get the latter days. Exactly. <laughs> what about the now? Eric's like, no! <laughs> so try update our shit. We just, yeah. we Forget the, the latter days. The tomorrow the days. Day. We can just get, get right into the sci-fi. You might have to edit this out. Eric's going to be <laughs> like, no, no, not a word of this is getting edited out. <laughs> but I, I 100% understand how because i think maybe uh this is what has always can sort of made us hit it off you and i i think we're both a little scatterbrain yeah uh, enthusiastics enthusiastic for sure right yeah yeah, yeah. we love words we love we love sharing anything anytime we find any kind of joy in anything we immediately need to share it Absolutely. or it has no value yeah right totally and totally. so people like susanna uh, Susanna? Yeah. Susanna's yeah. the bomb.com. Susanna's the bomb.com. <laughs> <laughs> so people like her, uh, people like Eric Jean, people like Richard, um, 
become like not only assets but like just they they save your life they're like um like pam in uh, the office <laughs> who kept saving michael scott uh from disaster i didn't by, watch that show oh, oh my no. god is that I, mindy uh uh, I'm, oh no, it's not Mindy. No, no, not Mindy. No. But she came from that show. Yeah, yeah I know. That's later. what I know. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, but um, there's this great scene because Michael Scott is is a complete idiot, right? And he has this all these fixations. Like every time so, uh, someone calls him and the call is transferred to his office, he feels the compulsion to. He can't just say hi. This hey, how's it going? Or hello. He always goes like. Like if you'd call, you'd be like, Serena Marina, Marina, <laughs> Marina. Like he'd do some sort of thing that makes no sense. So what the receptionist starts doing, and she explains this to the camera in a really hilarious way, is she pretends to transfer the call to him right away. And then he goes like, burp, 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 in the phone. And then he goes, hello. And she's like, okay, I'm transferring the call now. And on the second try, he just starts going, yeah, hi, it's, it's Michael. What can I do for you? Right. But if she if she so she's learned <laughs> to sort of buffer because his first outing is always a madness. And then on the second time around, he's normal. So maybe I, I wouldn't I, maybe that's why I love Michael Scott so much. I I feel like he's one of us gone horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> like if he really went off the rails, I could have become a Michael Scott. You could have become a Michael Scott. Um, but these people who just streamline our thoughts yeah. are become like yeah. gemstones, like yeah. diamonds. Yeah, which is good because we have a lot of ideas and we're creative, you know, and you can always have more ideas. And there's always more where that came from, you know, and you there's always channel. you absorb and you, you know. So, uh, yeah. You just need an inter- interpreter. You just need an interpreter. <laughs> but most, I mean, <laughs> like know. the sign language guy. <laughs> yeah. A little bubble on the side. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's. But most of the time, I mean, it's okay, you know, because I, I think... Uh, I'm able to get. I'm able to get my thought across in yeah. some way. Well, you're still yeah. doing Articular, it. I am. I, well, you. You're still doing. I mean, you're still doing public speaking, right? Yeah, I do a little bit of speaking. I do, um, you know, consulting, mostly for creative entrepreneurs. I do, um, you know, for women, for women who are heart centered and passionate about their work, but they don't have that entrepreneurial. They, they do have the entrepreneurial spirit, but let's say they may not know. Well, what do I do now? Right. What, what direction do I take now? So I've developed programs, and from years of of, of listening to you know my my women and going through my myself women. and my women, my women, to my women, my women from my, my organization. You know? Yeah, talk so, a bit about that. What's uh, it's called? Uh, we yeah, we too, we too. Yeah, the Women's Entrepreneurial Exchange. Correct. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, and I think were you going for the women's exchange originally? Or? No, no. When you came to speak a long time ago, <laughs> that could be misinterpreted. No. I'm yeah, because when you put it together, it's like women's exchange. Yeah, yeah. So he he he, he used that as, as an example of what not, never to do if you're ever going to look for a domain name. We, oh yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was exactly. we're still in Michael Scott territory now. Right? Yeah. yeah, are we? <laughs> yeah. It also sounds like a swingers club, just as, really quickly, <laughs> for lesbians or something. I don't know. No, no, yeah. no. It's all women. There's in business who you know um you know started something and at all levels of business all ages all backgrounds it's incredible and these women have heart and soul and i love them and yeah they're a great group great great yeah great you, group. you were into you've been into this for a while now yeah yeah we're now eighth it's year now now we're just getting eight, ready eight to years launch. yeah eight years awesome. and we're just Congrats. getting to launch the new site so it's like our third fourth third slash fourth sort of like incarnation i guess of this of this organization so we have some exciting things coming up for the new year and i think that's so cool because i mean Women, uh, female empowerment and and female business and issues and accomplishment and in the world and creativity and all this stuff. It's like a hot button issue now. Mm-hmm. 
but it's getting sort of drowned out by the extremes, right? On one side, you've got extreme feminism, which is not even feminism anymore, just like really nasty people out there trying to capitalize on this movement. And then you've got this these idiots on the other side, these like return of kings, uh, Rouge v douchebags preaching all this return to like male supremacy over women and like and all this nastiness is going on online and uh meanwhile there's you know people both on the male and female side just trying to do positive work and i never felt that there was anything negative about what you did it was always positive right like if a man walked in he would i didn't feel like he was going to get hissed and chased out oh my god no but it was about women i was treated very well right when i yeah Yeah. (laughs) everyone was very nice to me yeah Yeah. i mean really and people come in and they're like whoa i've never i've never experienced you know like networking like this or an event like this or it's very very warm and it's like your family like the minute you come in and and so yeah. is it, if I understand correctly, and p- yeah. please clarify Absolutely. this, is this kind of like an incubator uh, or like a generator, a launch pad type situation for people with creative ideas? It could be. It could very well be. So it might be people who, you know, are looking for inspiration, people who are looking for an idea or a business or something, you know, just uh, uh, want to be inspired by other people doing great things and it's for people who have a business and we bring in amazing speakers which i hope you guys which i know you will come and speak on 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 different things with your talent so we have amazing speakers come and share on different topics that are going to help them immediately do something positive for their business so it could be anything from you know blogging or social media how to use it um uh, it could be, you know, we have legal people coming in, amazing legal people talking about, you know, um, you know, legal one-on-one or how do, do I incorporate? Do I trademark? What's the difference? It sounds Register like an amazing podcast that's not happening. You should get on that. On my way here, one of my <laughs> members is like, I, 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 I didn't even read the full thing because I, I couldn't. I was like coming up the stairs, but it's like, I know you wanted to podcast. I'm like, I'm going into my podcast and she's texting me about this podcast so i don't know ronda hi how are you what's <laughs> on <Island> blog episode <laughs> 17 you met at 17 ronda? yeah ronda Massad you know, west island blog uh ronda sorry Massad west island blog she's lovely okay yeah. tell us west about island. her a little bit what does she do oh my goodness so she has west a blog island called blog. west island blog yeah and uh she you know cover news uh, a journalist uh, background and she also was uh, on council so she's like you know uh, city council you know she's she's amazing she's and she does lady. she's a badass lady yeah she's awesome love you Rhonda so and she she uh, blogs about just like social things happening or? in the community it's a lot of community uh, focus so oh, that's cool. we, yeah everything is really about community we build a community so we, we are a community and we come together to learn and then you know we network people you know and really when you when you count the numbers and People think it's like this small thing, but thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and the hundreds of thousands have run through our organization. Um, you know, different gigs, different referrals, different connections. You know, it's uh, it's incredible. And I, I don't know everything that goes through there, but I have a good enough idea to be confident enough to say that, right, from everything I have heard that has been reported back to me and from myself. So it's... it's. Um, well, these are the type of just natural things that can spring up in a sustainable community of people where... You, it's not too big. You're able, you, you know the people, like you said, right? You know your yeah. neighbors, you know the people yeah. down the street, yeah. you know the business owners. Yeah. Uh, this is the type of thing that organically develops when you have a community. And I think the what, what a lot of um, motivational speakers um, are try, try to convey, they're trying to bring that message to like the city, 
where people are disconnected from each other. There's more of them there than than anywhere in those suburban areas. They're packed in like like sardines, but they don't know each other. And like if they're elbows touch on the bus, there's like a huge awkwardness. Mm -hmm. And uh, you try to you wait for your neighbor to bring out the recycling before you go out because God God help you may have to talk to him. Like that's not me. Like I'm too old school. Dad, I cannot see you being like that. <laughs> I know everybody. Yeah, I'm not so I know right. all the business yeah. owners. I know. I, I chat up the, the which is awesome, shawarma guy. Think, which is amazing. They're all waiting to take their recycling out yeah. because you know you're going to talk to them. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> no. that chatty guy. I don't I don't no. necessarily no, get no, along no. with everyone, not, yeah. but no. I, I certainly I, I naturally like want to. That's such a nice way to be. That's the way it should be. Yeah, sure. I, that is the way it should be. For sure. The other way is the wrong way. But I just if think I, may say so. I don't think. Yeah, it's wrong. I don't it's think wrong. people consciously. A lot of people, I don't think, consciously choose to be shut-ins and alienated yeah. from others. I just think that we that there's something producing this type of person. I think it's know? a self-esteem thing. Yeah. I think a lot of people just are very, very self-conscious. And they're just like, what am I going to talk about? What if they don't like me? Yeah, what if, that's a really you know, the fear of error be. and and imperfection is is worse than ever, right? Yeah. Because of social yeah. media, because of um, all the stuff. Yeah. So if you have the option to hide, then I think a lot of people who are very self conscious will choose to hide. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to just putting it out out there, and if you like me, you like me. You don't like me, you don't like me. Whatever. Yeah. You, know? you just you realize how ridiculous that way of life is the second you get a neighbor who's like hey buddy what's up like you moving in yeah. and he runs down and he's made you a pie and he's helping you move in your furniture mm-hmm. and uh he doesn't creep you out like your alarms don't go off you know and he ends up being like i have my upstairs neighbor is exactly this guy mm-hmm. he's like the most chipper dude I love that. and it's great and it's a breath of fresh air when you it run into really, those guys you know, you know? Yeah, I like to surround myself with people like that, you know, and that's that's the best gift is like really the friendships that are made there. And, you know, you have that support, that encouragement. And I agree, like, you know, we have some some online things coming and it's a, it's a big part of what we're doing. But um, there's nothing like being with somebody live in a room. And, and I've heard some speakers who are sort of on that, you know, motivational speaker. And I've, and a lot of the people that I've, I've listened to have also said, if it ever comes, you know, you make a, a really, you, you create a relationship online, get on a plane one day and go meet. There's, it's just, you have to, you have to, you know, no matter how far away you are from each other, it's, it's a crucial part to, to having a face to face, the face to face, the face to face. Yeah. You want to know if they're hot. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. It's important. It's an it's an important that, uh, nothing beats human that. yeah. So we get to do a lot of that and it's really, really nice. So we have like learning and um opportunities to learn and to, you know, network and we we have games like we did the game, dating game. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh. Tell us about that. The dating game. <laughs> TM <laughs> <laughs> So we do the week two dating game and it's a lot of fun. So we have three contestants and then they sort of answer questions just like you would oh, in, like in the you, day. on those old like uh, the old game shows. We do that kind of stuff. Like okay. we like to have fun. I like to have fun. Are I these people that end up actually going on dates or they do. I okay. give them a, I give them a ten dollar Starbucks gift card. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> For that's two how coffees. much a coffee costs at, that's at exactly uh, Starbucks. It. Yeah, go ahead, you two, and enjoy a cup that's of coffee. That's super adorable. So this is kind of like a community like uh, service to help people meet. That's right. That's lovely. Thank you. Yeah. See, like how yeah. how positive. It's like once you've seen that kind of positivity, you have to be a complete asshole to want to live the other way, or just be really miserable, or someone failed you in the early years of your life and did not communicate to you yeah. how much more joy. <laughs> can come out of just interacting with people, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, when you get someone who's very interactive, 
it, it also means a little bit of pain, right? Because sometimes you'll be like, hundred percent. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? What's up? And yeah. the person just like, yeah. they just give you nothing. Yeah. Or they even get hostile with you. Like they're like, fuck off. And you're like, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like they they resent your ease, the ease with which you approach them. Yes. And that you're not all feathered. Uh, by these like uh you know you're not all tied up inside well it goes back a little bit to what you were saying earlier serena is that we're not really meant to live this way you know like all kind of crammed in together and everybody's got their own bubble yeah and some people's bubbles are bigger than other people's bubbles right so like if you just come and say like hey how's it going you've like you're you're in in their space you've just bumped into their bubble yeah in the same way that like people like i was saying before on the elevator or just trying to deal with the fact that they're all in each other's bubble and yeah. avoiding eye contact. That, if you like turn your head and been like, hi, and like, breathe into their mouth. <laughs> just make sudden, eye contact like, with someone. You want to freak someone out? Just yeah. make eye contact with them and give them a smile. They'll like, they'll run for their lives. Picture like 10 people all facing the same direction, staring at the numbers going up on the elevator. Yeah. And then one person slowly turning over to the side <laughs> and staring deep into the eyes of the person next to. Like, that's that, a that, very that weird situation. Creepy. Yeah, that, that would be a little creepy. That would be me up too, I think. It's also an amazing but, prank. But yeah. you, have, yeah. you have all nine of the... Nine out of ten of those people are all plants. Right. And everyone's just looking at the floors and then yeah. they all slowly just turn <laughs> towards that one person. <laughs> and they're just... Just smile and look look at them, you know. That would really <laughs> fuck me up. <laughs> Join <laughs> us. Join us. Join us, Serena. No, but you know what? No. Really, in, rea- <laughs> no. in reality, you know what, though? Honestly, I think a lot of people are happy to receive that more than not. A little bit too much sometimes, yeah. And I, I, I guess what I mean is like for every one of you positive people who means well and wants to bring about positive change, I guess that's me. My cynicism is always aware of the people abusing that consistently. Yeah. Oh, I've had some tomatoes thrown at me. What I call tomatoes thrown at me. And, okay, and story time. Will. Go. Oh, no. Oh, no. We need, come on. Oh, we need that's one. for another. You, you'll have me back. The first tomatoes? lady gets to come whenever she wants here. Oh, shit. Need, for sure. The Would first you? lady has spoken. The first yeah. lady has a, She's got a standing invitation. I'll have to tell you some stories. No, but I've And she some, refers to herself in the third I'm person, which I like. <laughs> We've created I a really monster, like and we're very proud. <laughs> she's our little monster. I was in grade four. This is when I moved from from the apartment building to the suburbs. Uh-huh. Although that's kind of the suburbs. This is kind of the suburbs too. Because but anyway, but um, uh, in a different way. Anyways, um, I remember. I think they were like, "Yeah, how's Serena adjusting?" And they're like, "Yeah, she's walking around like she owns the place, <laughs> like the first day of school." <laughs> that's amazing. But it's a my house. <laughs> but, but that's that's Did what you I. Know? <laughs> That's what I always liked about you, Serena, is that like I've never met somebody so pleasant and and forgive the term bubbly, but also like all business, right? <laughs> Usually someone's really, really happy, but they're a pushover or they're nasty and then like bossy and mean, right? But you're just like, hey, do as I say. <laughs> Have a cookie, but uh, talk shut to you the fuck about up. My business plan. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that combination. It's like Thank you. it's like uh, uh, an iron glove coated in like gummy bears or something. <laughs> you I don't know. See my Academy website. It's all about sugar, so I call it a kick in the pants, you know, and right. a band aid for the ouchies. So that's that's what it is. Like it's it. a kick in the pants, and then you get a little hard after, you know. Nice. We mean business, but at the same time, we're gonna give you some love <laughs> with it and some sugar. That's right. But the doors are locked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until you get learned. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're, you're not leaving this place. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So that's it. And my my other my academy site. Um, that's sort of from from my own consulting stuff. You know. So it's it's all about sugar. <laughs> you have to go see. It. Okay. Wait. So you have you have the. What does it say? Business, the Academy for Business Betterment. <laughs> Academy for Business Betterment. Yeah. This is a website? Yeah, it's, it's, that's my own consulting okay. stuff. Okay, and what's the focus of that? I mean, apart from business it's, betterment, it's, which I've, I've extrapolated from the name. Exactly. It's biz, there's a better way to do business. So it's, it's really, um, that's, that's helping mostly creative, creative and heart-centered entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So take, take what they love to do creatively, whether you're, uh, you know, a... Uh, a holistic healer, a, a yogi, or if you're a plastic artist, if you're an illustrator or a, a jewelry maker, um, you know, creative, creative people. Because I kind of have both sides, right? And for a long time, I struggled with the the dichotomy. It was like tearing me apart. And I was like, what am I? If I'm this, then I can't be that. And if I'm that, oh, I can't yeah. be this. And it was that's a hard programming. Crucial. It's a hard programming Very. to break. Very. And I have all sorts of conspiracy theories as to why creative people are consi- consistently. Um, uh, how they've been convinced on a on an academic scale and a global scale that artistry and creativity equals a vow of poverty, right? Absolutely. That that's yeah. always been the case. In fact, the worst artists or some of the kids that get, get carried away uh, immediately, no matter what kind of social background, the economic background they come from, start to immediately smell and dress like bums once they're in art school because <laughs> they think that it's some sort of like requirement like if you have nice clothes mm-hmm. and you're groomed then you must you can't get to the bottom of that art form right yeah. and you start walking around barefoot and growing dreadlocks yeah. even though your dad's rich right yeah and there's a hierarchy that exists oh, yeah. as well that really that annoyed me really you within know? the art world or? yeah and in, in in academia as well everywhere you know? like clique, yeah clique, like clique. in art specific like you know like you're you're a crafter you're a whatever you're an artist you're a high artist you're a, you're a documentary yeah, I get it. you're a fiction exactly you know that this is like hierarchy that i don't i don't believe it i don't buy it i think it's going to go away eventually i don't know well yeah. it, academia and, and again uh, we know people who could talk much more authoritatively on this subject but i've mm-hmm. heard it say said many times that one of the big break problems with academia is it was founded in the spirit of like uh, having a handful of people being literate and in possession of the knowledge mm-hmm. and disseminating it in the rhetorical kind of Grecian old style with the master sort of, you know, trickling down some of that knowledge to I the... Know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm so sorry. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, knowledge was given, uh, was some of it, if you were lucky, the master trickled, like sprinkled a little bit of wisdom on you, but you could never hope to understand it. And you're a fool if you thought, unless you were ready to uh, wait hand and foot on the master until he killed over, and then he gave you his crown, and then you could lord it over the next generation of, you know, with your big beard and your 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 title of professorial, blah, blah, blah. This, tra- <coughs> this is the tradition that began academia, and... And I think now that that's almost dead, right? When you have like self-taught kids showing up. The kids are incredible now. PhD guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think now more than ever, some of academia is like uh, scrambling, panicking for and trying to safeguard the last of the knowledge and not share it. Um, Mm. Whereas the more progressive academics are like, actually, no, we need to translate this into layman and stop guarding this knowledge so jealously because it's ridiculous.
Don't you hate that? Hate what? Uncomfortable silences. Why do we feel it's necessary to yak about bullshit in order to be comfortable? I don't know. That's a good question. That's when you know you found somebody really special. And you can just shut the fuck up for a minute, comfortably share silence. Well, I don't think we're quite there yet, but don't feel bad. We just met each other. I mean, you know, I, I don't ever like to, you know, bash what people do or believe, but I just think there's another way also, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I think that, like, I agree with you in, in a lot of ways that... Um, you know, there is, like, I guess it's that, that guarded kind of... Exclusion. Yeah. Based, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. That, I, that I don't... Of, that I don't... Uh, yeah. Don't and and it. It, never, it never did uh, sit with me, you know? And mm. that's why, like I said, like, when I went to John Abbott, it was like a renaissance. I could study whatever I wanted, you know? Well, art should be resonating with people, right? I mean, without the audience, it, yeah. it kind of loses its meaning a little bit, no? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good Yeah, and, and it unfortunately has the the art specifically is of all the subjects and disciplines that are dangerous in the hands of failed failed professionals you know mm -hmm. that whole if you can't do it you teach yeah. right. uh, cliche that uh, there's a little bit of that in all disciplines but in art it's particularly dangerous right because they already uh, had their hopes and dreams shot down. and Or they're they, still trying to make it. That's the worst type right. of teacher. Uh, in fact, uh, getting back to Dan Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Cross. Oh, that Dan was another Cross, thing. you're getting it today. No, but that's, 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 this, that's, that's particularly episode. why he, I noticed, that's why he was half-assing it. Because he was out, still out there. Shooting. He was always shooting. He yeah, was doing he his thing. Yeah, yeah. He's pro. And he's so pro. this was his stable sort of income. I get it. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. um, you need any, you need another source of income if you're in fi film. But I felt that he was not giving us anything, at least mm -hmm. not for the first year. Roy, on the other hand. I think this Roy episode Cross, should be called uh, Fuck You, Dan Cross. Fuck You, no. Dan Cross. <laughs> no, no, no. Dan Cross, if you're listening. No. No, I'm just kidding. S Serena Miller in... Fuck you, Dan Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No. 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 See, I'm uh, criticizing him, but I, 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 in fact, he was nowhere near the... the he was not the worst. He at least had a... He was professional in terms of... He had he had knowledge. He just didn't share it. <laughs> Sorry, but, I, I interrupted no, you. Your brother. Was, his, uh, his brother? His brother? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not his brother. No, that, that was always the, That was always the... Like, oh, you and... No, there's another teacher named Roy Cross who, who oh, also taught yeah. there. Um, and even everyone he thought they were brothers, but no, Roy was a whole other model, um, and that guy was could not want to share more his experience. Did he do the sound? Mm. No, no, he okay. taught like screenwriting, a lot of screenwriting, oh, that's and why he was, was uh, he was head of the 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 faculty at some point, or head of the okay. dean, or anyway, he was at their, the top. Their, oh, their paths never crossed. Nice, ha, ha, well ha. done, well done. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm saying is, anyway, without without naming names, you know, like like Dan Cross or something like that, without without singling any people out, um, without singling any people out, I think we love you, Dan Cross. We're sorry. We, stop! Stop apologizing. I want him to be hurt. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. So I want him to be hurt, like he hurt me. <laughs> That's awesome. Who are you, man? <laughs> no, but all, jo all jokes aside, I think, uh, you know, we're already talking about a discipline, arts, 
where um, the how to survive, how to be economically viable, how to present yourself, how to sell yourself, yeah. your arts, all of that is glazed over minimum, maximum, never mentioned. Yeah. So add to that a teacher who might be possibly jealous of your youth and your creativity or just not focused on the students at all because they're still hustling it out there. It's a bad it's a bad mix. It's a bad mix. So I'm not surprised that, you know, there's a lot of creatives out there that need uh, someone to sort of they, they need a place. Right. They need a support group. They, yeah. And I guess sure. I don't want to call your thing a support group, but it sounds like kind of yeah, like a for safe sure. place. It's, it's a safe place. It's creative. It's, you know, uh, we encourage. It's a, you know, high five. Yeah, it's cheesy. We still give high fives. You know what I mean? Like we have a good time. We have fun. And it's positive. It's positive. It's mm -hmm. a very positive space where things are doable. But it's not, it's okay. And, and, and I think that this for me is, it, it is still that kick in the pants, right? It's still, yeah, you can do it, but, you know, there's things there are, to do. There are there's, objectives? There's, yeah, there's objectives, there's goals, there's things to do. It's like, this is how you, you go about it for whatever your personal objective is or whatever. It's not just a social club. It's not a social club, you know? Like, my, my goal for every single meeting is like, I want people to leave here being able to implement, implement at least one thing that they can take away, that they can improve their business immediately. That's cool. Immediately, yeah. you know? Actionable so, stuff. Actionable, yeah. And so, you know, we and then, you know, by by needs you know we created programs like different programs where we have like a six months you know business building from beginning to to end it's not like if you're just starting out it could be any time in your business but so we we just sort of always i love the way you said organic that was the way i found the most success like from my own life is like when things grew from listening and being organic and and you know um this person needs that okay we can we can do that right like listening to the needs of people and then responding in kind you know and it's like people get this grandiose idea i want this and i want that and let's build a community that's like a, that, like a few years ago that was like the word mm -hmm. we want a community it's like okay but like that's just like first it starts with your friends and it starts with whatever and it's, it's your backyard and then you know like we, we get these you know huge i don't know i i guess there was a point in there so <laughs> <laughs> but you know everything was organic everything really grew organically that's cool and yeah and that's how i find what i find is most interesting. And, and yeah you can help people and yeah you should be confident and deserving and value yourself those are all really really important things but what you deliver also has to have value <laughs> yeah, do you, you know what i deliver mean some, some content you have to deliver good content yeah, you bring have in to, some experts if them, you have to absolutely yeah, you know or you 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 listen to the needs of whoever you're trying to serve whether it's you know podcast listeners or whether it's you know whatever and it, i think it, i think the principles no matter what you do remain mm -hmm. the same but also keeping that that little spark of you that's that creativity right that's cool following that that creative you know so it's kind of like a dance between the audience and the and the creator you know but always first creating sort of for yourself in some ways if that makes sense i don't know if i'm yeah it totally yeah. makes sense yeah, well, so yeah. where can they find you online uh you can go to we2network.com we2network.com yeah and you can go to uh, academy for business betterment so that would be businessbetterment.com business betterment yeah yeah bb and yeah and always doing the the you know the work that lights you up because cool. I think those sparks that that um, that you're given, they're there for a reason. And we, we tend to do kind of like a second choice thing. I don't know if you know what I mean. Like settling? It's settling and it's also like 
there's this thing that I really feel called to do, but you know what? This seems a little bit like easier or less scary or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or do you know what I mean? And like so a stepping we, stone. It can be, but not necessarily. Can you give us a concrete example? Okay, so like what I call it, soul soul work. So I I really, especially with creatives, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, I see this is selling online and I can kind of adapt what I'm doing to this model and I kind of have this thing or I make this, this thing, this jewelry, or I make this, whatever it is. And, you know, I can, I can sell it. But what happens then is you, you start going in that direction and then you're caught in this life of this business this you've grown it to to such an extent that you can't just step away because that has all kinds of other di- implications right and also i think there's a piece people, of you in there there's a pe- there's a piece of you in there but also at the same time you've just built something people don't give enough cr- like uh heat or or you know to put to enough that. weight in yeah in the so, effort that they've put into something. yeah like soul work is the most important so yeah. it's it really is oftentimes doing the drawings that you really 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 want to do, or doing the films that you really really want to do, like making the films that you want to make, or, um, you know, we 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 tend to want to, we I think we do it to ourselves too often. Is it like creators. a practical choice? It's like we go for the more practical option rather than going for the dream. I think there's all kinds of reasons we give ourselves an excuse, and I think it varies from person to person. Hmm. And I think it's all of those things. I think it's a lot of different stories. Right. So when people start doing what I call their soul work, the response from people is like incredible. They're like, "Whoa, I really am getting yeah," because that's what you're really meant to do, and that's the stuff that's also going to sell. I believe, and I'm sort of on a mission to prove that. That's one of the things that I want to look at we talked about this a little bit with danny in the terms of the creative process i think there's there's some parallels there you know like the the thing that separates people successful people from some less successful people are the ones you know who continue when it's hard right like you get at first it's like you know you're super inspired and it's like this is the best thing ever and then you get into it and like you start to get some momentum you're super excited and then you know it starts to get like a little bit challenging and you start second guessing your stuff and then Afterwards, you're like, oh, maybe this isn't as good as I thought, and then you're like, oh, this is, this is shit. This is not, this is not good at all. And then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm shit, and I'm horrible, and I'm not gonna be able to do anything yeah. good. And then you kind of you push through that difficult bit, and then you get to the get to this place where maybe you take a step away or you go back to it. And then you're like, oh, you know, this is this is actually good. You know, but you had to push through that sort of yes. that chasm. You know, you yes. need to push through the yeah. that, and and if you just stop as soon as things get hard, yeah. then you'll never get to yeah. that to that point. And yeah. so many people kind of stop there and then go for maybe an easier option or yeah. something else. Exactly, exactly. They stop and they go, okay, what's easier? You know, and and I the think path, the path of least resistance. The path yeah. of least resistance, or or it's like you know, I have two great ideas. This is the one I really, really, really want to do, but this is the one I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot, you know, and it's it's kind of like, so, and, and and I think going back to what you said, Richard, it's about also um, realizing that it's not a like that's when things change for me personally as well. Is like when you realize it's not just about a perfect painting. It's not just about. I know it sounds so obvious, but like understanding it and internalizing it are, are different right yeah brilliant yeah. things tend to be simple yeah it's they're just hard to absorb yeah and, and it's, a, it's a body of work it, your whole life and everything you're going to create is, is it's the evolution that's the work it's not just one painting or one song or one book or, mm-hmm. you know and, and once you accept that 
you you kind of can move through and you can finish it and then move on to the next one. Kind of like so, yeah, uh, so, uh, choosing a movie on Netflix, right? When when you you get into option paralysis, as they call it. Yeah. Um, and and I think what diffuses that. This is, by the way, the 21st century version of the video store dilemma. You know, when you're like, just like going through the aisles, you've been there for an hour and a half. And you're like, uh, I could have watched a movie by now. Uh, I could have watched two movies <laughs> by now. But, but li- what will liberate you are ideas like, you know, like the video store guy goes, I used to say this to customers because I worked behind the counter. And I'd see that, those types of people and be like, I'd recognize them because I, I know myself, right? And I would just sort of crane my neck and be like, you know you can rent more than one or yeah or you, you can know rent more than one <laughs> you can come back tomorrow if that one's no good and then they just turn around and kind of give me a weird look and then they'd be like and in like a couple minutes they were back they were at the counter ready to rent yeah movie. but that's what happens is that yeah. every choice feels so final yeah you're so afraid that it's the last one that yeah, you make that be. you're like you're like it's got to be the good one it's got to be a yeah. good one yeah. Yeah. and yeah. you end up doing nothing yeah you called them back to reality Sometimes you see people like in the grocery stores, just kind of like with this forlorn look on their face, just option paralysis. Yeah, Yeah. just zombified. Just well, because all all these choices every day in our lives are made for us. Hmm. So many survival related uh, uh, decisions. Everything from like how to transportation and and locks and all this other stuff. We have no excuse me. We have no say. But then all of a sudden, like, boom, choose the film that's going to entertain you for the next two hours. Uh, uh, right? And you shut down. <laughs> or maybe your job is making decisions consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And they find you in a fetal position at the video store. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Julian. <coughs> Sorry, I was thinking of my friend Julian because we have, I was having this discussion with him. He, his job is that he's like uh, a CEO, not another guy you might want to have over because he's a public speaking like um, genius um, all day he makes decisions all day every day so when I get together with him and we're playing cards or we're, we're shooting the shit or whatever we'll be like I'll be like glass of water and he'll just look at me like he like he just got lobotomized like you'll have a little drool spill out of his <laughs> mouth I'll be like dude do you want some water um uh and this is, I'm looking at a guy who's making like million dollar decisions for a company the rest of the week. And it suddenly dawned on me like, poor guy, he's, he's just, he needs a break. He's, he, this is such a demand on him consistently that he then becomes unable to make simple decisions <laughs> about like, do I need to eat or pee? Eat or pee? I don't know. He literally just looks at me honestly. He's like, I don't know what I need to do. And I don't know, maybe some of the... I guess my question that I was coming to in a very long-winded way is listening to all these creatives talk to you. Are there any patterns? Are you hearing any... Oh, for sure. What are you for hearing sure. from these people? What are they telling you are the the sorrow or what are the, the obstacles or what are the things I that think, are... I think focus is a biggie. So distractions? Focus, yeah. One of the things that I'm really passionate now is energy management. Biggie. Biggie, biggie, biggie. What, what people, um, you know, we have this, this sort of, if, you, if you'll call it a, you know, time management is kind of like, I don't think it works, you know, and, and I know this sounds crazy. It kind of feels off, but I think that it, it comes back to everything that we do is really managing our energy. And, 
you we're know, talking about like physical energy like everything how, okay everything energy period energy period and there's different categories that's the title that of your next in. book it, it, like, it's, it is it's gonna be something you know <laughs> it's it's period. about energy so period. one of the things full I've stop. discovered from what's that thing <laughs> full stop <laughs> energy <laughs> I have the cheesiest titles for things. Eric yeah. is hilarious, and he's and he comes up with like amazing titles. I can be really creative in some way. That is not <laughs> one of them. You know the book that we, we did. Order? It's like uh, my little guidebook to very big dreams. You know how awesome that is. That was Eric. Mine was like a life, a dream. Okay, Eric was like that's horrible. You you title things like a uh, like it's a uh, on your. Uh, uh, on your tombstone? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like epitaphs? <laughs> okay, like, I'm getting better and I can actually, okay, I can, I can be cheeky when I write and fun, but like when it comes to like titling things, like forget it. Yeah, who came up with Eric. Academy for Business Betterment? Yeah. Did you come up with that? I don't remember. It might have been me. It might have been Eric. I don't remember. Do you remember? Because if you added no. like association at the end, it could be like ABBA. Ooh, <laughs> Academy for Business. That's amazing. <laughs> Dancing Queen. Sorry. Um, I forget the question. <laughs> oh, yeah, Energy Water. Okay. Yeah, so, you were talking about so, what, you, what, what you're excited about now. What are the patterns emerging? Yeah, so yeah. one of the things is manage people's focus and, and uh, consistency. For sure, for sure. Consistency, focus. You know, even I'll see people do things for like two months and be like, oh, yeah, this isn't working. I'm like, no, 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 no. You know? Like, it's... It happens, you know, so, um, but really energy matters. So, you know, you think about it and not every, think about 90 blocks, you know, 90 minutes of time. Eric, I have ADD, that's really hard. Sorry. Um, you think of, think of everything that you're doing. Bless I, you. Focus. I'm talking about focus. And I'm like, Eric, can you stop swinging in the chair? I guess focus. Yes. Okay. There's only one three now. Fire in a hole. Fire in a hole. Fire in a hole. What's that? What's fire in the hole? Fired in the hole. What? <laughs> That's just whatever we say when we open uh, a drink or whenever we don't know what the hell we're talking about anymore. Oh. We just bring it all back. Sorry. Okay, I'm bringing it back. Fire okay, the so hole. there there are some intelligence. Energy management. Okay, energy. So so you think about you know ninety ninety minutes of time, right? And and you know working in blocks and you know, um, but you know if you're watching TV or you're working or you're with a client or you're at the gym. Those things are not created equal or you're painting, right? And we give, like, just because it fits into a calendar, we're all intelligent, you know? And, and, you know, we can all figure this out. We know how to use a marker and block out, you know, a pink square that represents this much work. So it's understanding your own personal rhythms, understanding how you work best and understanding in what way. And by oftentimes, by, by understanding this, you work, I don't want to say you work less, but your energy management makes it feel so much better when when you're whatever you're trying to do yeah. right and, so and also about, procrastinators tend to know when their high energy moments are and yeah. creatively subconsciously defeat themselves by not either not being active during the high energy periods or distracting themselves yeah with sugar and it takes right? <laughs> not, not necessarily sugar and but like takes, tv or video yeah, games yeah, yeah, during yeah. the high performance moments yeah. mm-hmm. and then then they have the excuse of like well i'm tired now we all that's I'm also resistance on one yeah. of my favorite books war of art 
Oh yeah, I was I gonna mention love that. Love that. That's a popular book. one. Yeah. That th- when it came out, I was like, "That's the book I would have written. Like, if I could write write a book, and if it, you know, and if it was like, I just love what he says. I, I yeah. What's the big just, big thing you take away from that one? That, that resistance really and how it sort of permeates everything that we do. And ex- it's exactly what you just spoke about. That's resistance. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of resi- like war creative self destruction. Yeah, procrastination, everything. That's all resistance. Yeah, that, that, that's a, such a topic yeah. that we could get into in oh terms gosh. of like what's going on there, yeah. how much of it is fueled by the narratives that yeah. are fed to us as children about yeah. the fact that it's not okay to, or it's a waste to be just a regular person with a with a regular life. Like you've kind of lo- you've you've missed your chance if you didn't do something, and all these narratives. How much of that? <clears throat> excuse me. How much of the the depression? Uh, that comes from not being accomplished or realized comes from the narrative and how much of it comes from actually needing to express things and yeah. like this is stuff like you are the first lady of fire and hole yeah so and it comes with privileges it does yeah, yeah it does we're not sure what they are yet but it seems like you probably uh, are going to dictate those things to us <laughs> <laughs> and we will do as you say thank um, you because you're the first lady of um so this is great uh, so okay maybe a good way to sort of wrap this up um, unless you guys want to keep going, um, yeah. I mean, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying yeah, to cut it off preemptively. No, just, no, no. We could just ask you if you think uh, P Diddy is influential. No. Uh, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation is a decade old. <laughs> it is a decade old. He's back to being called yeah. Puff Daddy, I think now. Is he or Sean Combs? I don't. I don't, I don't know. even know. I don't know. So the context is that we used to have these this silly argument about whether he was influential because it came from what was it it was apple staple no what was the game we were playing risk i think it was no, a risk no, no, game no, no. No? It, it was a, it was a game it was apple staples i think some kind of so you had to game? like choose no you had to like so so a card came out and it was like influential and then you had to like choose whatever one of my cards was puff daddy because at the time he was very influential so um um, but doesn't mean that I necessarily like his music. It just meant that I thought he was influential. Like right. I can't remember how many details about this you remember. This is like right. a decade ago. Right. Yeah. I, I remember Thank Thomas. You. I remember being very opposed to the idea that he was influential. Yeah. And uh, now I don't know that I've revised my position. He certainly <laughs> ha- he certainly has influenced maybe people in the business, um, but. Yeah. I'm not actually. I'm not actually having this conversation with this you. This was a very heated. <laughs> ten years ago, this was a very heated. Ten discussion. years ago, very you guys was a hot issue. You guys were screaming at each other. <laughs> no, it was, was always polite. Was, it was always civil. There were things being thrown. Well, but there was some that spitting. Was the risk games. They things got just everything got really. Got when we were playing heated. risk, like well, it would get true. like it would yeah. get. I flipped the board a couple of times. It's true. Yeah, we that's made you. We, fi- we made you flip the board. That's how actually Richard introduced me to you guys is through the through board games. Risk, which are yeah. which are a great social like uh, yes. like magnet, right? We were vicious. We were so vicious. Oh. But oh you know, God. I've played with other people, and it's just not the same. What do you mean you played with other people? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck, Serena? <laughs> we may have right, to we need, a yeah. couple times. We <laughs> may have to uh, re- no, reevaluate no. <laughs> your. There goes your title. Yeah. What the never, hell? never. I'll always be we never lady. discussed playing with other people. You're sanctioned, <laughs> Serena. You're sanctioned. I'm not even part of that. Original gaming group, but I'm offended on behalf of Richard. Yeah, no, no you are part of the original. Thank gaming you. Group. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's not a, like like uh, when I tried to explain to Eric, like he's like, how could all these girls be your best friend? And then I think it was <laughs> Mindy actually coming back to Mindy, who I love. Uh, she said the Mindy Project is that what yeah, we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. And she said, uh, "Best friend is not a title; it's a tear." And I was like, 
that's how you explain it. Nice. So that's it's a tier. It's a category. And, and so the gaming, it's a tier. Ah. And you're, you know, you're, okay. It was not a yeah. Well, doesn't that just degrade the title of best friend? No. Once you find out that there's a no, no, no. I'm not going to argue with you because you're you. smarter than I am. No. But listen, never argue with the first lady. <laughs> don't mess with the first lady. And uh, <laughs> this whole time we've been talking, I've been already pre-visualizing the Photoshop job I'm going to do on your picture. <laughs> I'm going to outfit you with bling. Um, you're going to have oh a crown, God. a scepter. Oh, no. We're going to find the right picture and we're uh. going to deck you out. I'm going to, I'm going to get back, <laughs> roll up my sleeves, go back to my Photoshop roots oh. and deliver wait. an Can epic. Can I use it in my profile picture everywhere else? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to bling you out. And I've also sort of, this is, a, by the way, a creative technique you can share with your group. One way of uh, motivating yourself to do things is to promise to people you care about that you will deliver. 100%. And therefore kind of fucking yourself over, but <laughs> also really then giving yourself incentive to do it. Because you're like, I, those are the three people I care about. I can't let those three people down. Everyone um, else, I don't care, but not those three. So, yeah, I will deliver on this project. Amazing. Right. When, when you're not uh, child, child uh, rearing and working and whatever. I hate that expression. <laughs> rearing? I child rearing? Who got away with that expression the first <laughs> time it was used? It, rearing, period. It's unsettling. It's, it's an unsettling it, 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 word. It is an unsettling. I wasn't sure what I said it. No matter. I felt wrong. As I was what did you call me? A child rearer? <laughs> I would never do such a thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you guys laugh this much at other shows? Uh, depends on the depends on the guest. What? Usually not. No. Do we what? Yeah. Laugh, laugh as much. Do we laugh as much? And we're just getting another started. No, That's right. No. Could, I could go for another two hours. It's fine. I know. I have no problem. With You've been up since four, four. I've been up since four o'clock in the morning. Four, uh, yeah. four forty. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, <laughs> parting shots. Um, are you? What are you excited about right now? Oh my! Creatively. Goodness. Creatively. Okay. So there's like an unfolding happening right now for everything that I'm doing. So okay. launching, launching new stuff, new sites, new programs, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and create like artistically, I have a couple things that I'm doing, working on a series, coming back to some of the soul work and, um, a series of, of art drawings. Yeah. Works? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So drawings, illustrations. And, uh, I love when, when pop surrealism started to come around, I was like, Oh, I felt home. I, c I can't even explain. I was like, Oh, this is what I, but you know, it just, so how would you describe pop surrealism exactly oh my gosh uh, that is one thing okay coming back to academia that I was never good at <laughs> okay. well, what um, are we talking about uh, it's 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 art it's a lowbrow kind of i think it was the 70s it started but now it's it's uh, gained a lot of popularity um pop surrealism how would you explain pop surrealism we can put a link to it but yeah 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 but what are you doing like are you are you making uh sculptures are you making no, no, ceramics no, it, it's, or what it, are you doing yeah i'd be i'd be drawing you're drawing. drawing, yeah, okay, colored pencil and and maybe some paintings, watercolor. I'm not sure. Okay. So either watercolor, acrylic, but I think mostly I'm I'm working now with pencils, and I think it's probably gonna be a mix of colored pencils and acrylics. Okay. So a series there and and uh, a book. When, when's a book coming? Because I, I I know people with like uh not like a sh a fraction of your enthusiasm and ideas that that are like three four books out yeah. there you know talking to the people like it sounds to me like you need to communicate the stuff in written form has that come up that must have come up it, it's on the list yeah, yeah it's on the list yeah i would absolutely. move it up the move it up the priority list. yeah thank you you know what i i i like that you know i, I really would because i mean um you 
I, we have a lot of fun, but you've never said any nonsense to me ever. Really? Even when you had every reason to, because we were just partying and <laughs> throwing <laughs> dice around. And you never, you've never said anything to me that was nonsense. And I feel like that. That I feel like what you do is something that a lot of people could benefit from. I'm just, I'm not trying to uh, muscle you into it, but um, I don't think that's a verb. I'm not trying to strong arm you into doing it, but I, I highly recommend that you think of exploring that medium and even broadcasting like i think a lot of people out there um, would like to hear you could reach a lot of a lot of people uh in addition to the ones you're already reaching and uh take all that valuable knowledge you're getting from these sessions with your, your communities and your consulting and i don't know i'm just i'm, I'm spitballing i appreciate here. it i'm touched i'm, I'm encouraged touched and, I, and I'm, I'm appreciative of that and i you know i yeah, want five percent <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how touched you are, but what I say, I want five percent. Sounds good. Between no. five and eight <laughs> percent. Do Thank you have like you. an Etsy Thank store you so or anything for, for your? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, seriously. No. Where are these works? Or can we buy yeah. these works? Some, some. Yeah, I I went through a period of like I wanted everything gone. Had a big sale at my place, and uh, like I was never ready to let go of anything because you know it's not my my full time what I do. Um, and uh, then I was like, I want everything gone. And I just was like, you know what? Because I wasn't appreciating it anymore. It was just sitting in my home. Mm. Your mom bought a print from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, she loves it. Oh, so she it's loves sold. it. It's sold. That means yeah, it's that good stuff. Yeah, that big painting was sold. And yeah, yeah, no, I sold a lot of paintings that then. And, 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 and then... Uh, you know how, it was beautiful, though. Do you know how big yeah. of a deal that is? Thank you. No, but it, I'm not just trying to, like... I'm just telling you. Do you know how there's people who produce work and never, ever move a unit? Nobody, they never connect or never make a connection. You just, you, you sold everything because you just wanted to empty the house. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, I was like, no, I was like tired. You know, but it, again, it's about building relationships, okay. you know? And, and so it's people who, you know, follow and they like what you're doing and, you know, they're up. And you're very talented too. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that, you know? So, so I'm excited and I'll keep you guys posted, you know? And I have a couple other little surprises I'm not ready to divulge yet, but... Uh, well, you're the first uh, lady of Fire and Hole. Thank you. Uh, normally, we invite people back, uh, when, <laughs> when we, but you just get to show up whenever you want. Yeah. And can bump, I interrupt other guests? Yeah, you exactly. Can bump you guests. can bump them out. We'll just like kick them out. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, please uh, feel free to bring any of your protégés, any of your colleagues, anyone I, if you oh, want. Oh, I'm sure they'd have a good time. Yeah. Because we're all yeah. about promoting, um, you know, we, we like to joke around and to tear down stuff, but we're just, uh, we're, we're, we're optimistic people as well and we we like the idea of promoting people who want to say stuff and be creative and all that i mean this podcast is kind of an expression of our willingness to just get something out there that's pure and that's from the heart you know brilliant absolutely and so we're we're always we're especially interested in people who have like just stuff that we don't think about you know we want to be challenged we want to hear from so you're welcome back anytime thank you so much okay i'll bring some friends please awesome um and if they're ladies that's okay yeah, That's but they can't be the first lady. No, no, no. you are the first lady. Thank you. They yeah. can be the second, third, fourth. <laughs> but we're always Maybe. looking for ladies. <laughs> child rearing, child rearing, <laughs> triggered. <laughs> no, yeah, you may not know this, but like 95% of our audience is uh, female. Yeah. Are they? 96 as of last week. <laughs> oh, is yeah. it? No. 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 We were just, we're just kidding. Oh. We have but, no idea. 
But we would like. We don't to- have an audience. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one listening to this. No one listening. But uh, the, the- I can't listen to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these guys. Totally I can't just, believe I just wasted two hours. I have fooled you. Because <laughs> you see, here's the trouble. When I'm with you guys, the, like, you know, it, it, it feels natural. So it's like, I just, I say silly stuff like that. Well, no. Like, it's good. Perfect. It's a good thing. That's how we, thing. I mean, that's yeah. how we were able to trick you into this whole, these mics aren't even on. Yeah. We've just been talking. Uh, we're, we're actually just uh, checking to see if you're any good now before we this actually computer, let you onto the show. This, this computer is made of cardboard. <laughs> that would be an epic prank, epic prank to play on so much. And we would have literally nothing better to do yeah. than to do that. So Oh my god! Okay, I'm crying. I'm like actually crying. <laughs> good. That crying is a good uh, a good place to uh, to leave uh, the show up on. So um, thank you for coming once again. Thank I, um, you so much for having me. I had, I had a blast. I did you? Blast. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, good. Laughing until you cry is a good thing, always. That's always yeah. a good thing. All right. Well, um, um, I'm not going to say come back again, but uh, I'm going to say <laughs> it's been a pleasure, and uh, you. you know. Um, we look forward to hearing from you and seeing your stuff out there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. How do you end one of these things? I just you have to say fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you enjoy the fire in the hole podcast, um, there's just a couple of really easy ways to make sure that we keep putting them out. Um, and you know, how can they do that, Richard? Just uh, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, leave us a review if you can and, and rate. And that's the best way you can help out. Yeah, please feel free to leave comments uh, and to interact with us. Uh, every time you do, uh, if you make your uh, presence felt, it raises the visibility and the, uh, the presence of our show. And uh, we love doing these shows. And if you love them, let us know how you feel. Thanks a lot for listening, guys.